the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. First and 10 for the Colts at the 18-yard line of Houston. Indianapolis again with four first downs on the opening possession. Richardson going to take off on a quarterback draw. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. Untucked into the end zone. It's a fumble recovery for Indianapolis. The call on the field was overturned, so the Colts have a fumble recovery, and they take over at the Houston 15-yard line. And running right side is Anthony Richardson. Fake the reverse. Turns the corner. He's in. Touchdown. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. And chew out of the gun. Ball on the right hash. Three receivers stacked left side. They're going to run it again with Moss. Cuts it out. He's at the five, and he stretches the ball across the goal line. Touchdown. Obviously concerned about Anthony getting dinged in the head, but he's he says he feels fine. He was, uh, you know, clear and, and feeling a lot better. Obviously went out in concussion protocol, but Gardner stepped in. Um, obviously a veteran guy, knows the system, operates at a high level. Um, obviously had two good drives there when he came in there and scored. In this bittersweet, in this bittersweet now. I knew what Mark was doing with that song. I knew exactly what he was doing. Hey, we're back together again on the Wake Up Call. KB and Andy on this Monday morning. Hey, react. You, was that, is that for Shane Steichen? Are we clapping no, for no, Shane no, no, Steichen? No, that's for first, you guys. First you guys. win. Is, uh... We got three hours to get to all that. We're clapping for Nikki Sweeney. Oh, we're clapping man. for Mason Sweeney. We're Thank cap- you. Clapping for Andy, of course. Don't, don't clap you for you me. Do you want to tell him the nickname you bestowed his child? Yes. Oh, I, no. I, I feel like I gotta call him Little Gas. <laughs> I love it. Are we good Personally. with that? Hey, listen. Hey, listen. He's I hope here. Nikki's not up at this he, hour he's, listening. He's okay? here and he's healthy. If she's up, she's not listening to Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> I can sure as hell tell you that. Uh, welcome, guys. How we doing, man? Good to see you. Tuesday, I called KB and uh, Mark, and I'm like, yeah, we're having a baby. So yeah, uh, we'll, probably will not be there on Wednesday. When I look down <laughs> at the phone Tuesday evening, we're eating on the front porch. I'm like, oh Uh-oh. boy, a missed call from. Andy Sweeney. Ooh, I'm going to guess this means something that uh, yeah. that little boy is knocking, and certainly he was. And in all seriousness, I know it was a beyond chaotic Ooh. process for you guys. So, uh, congrats to Nikki, yeah. and great to hear that everything went about as smooth as possible. Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, li- yeah, listen, so Tuesday night, uh, you know, we'll get into to everything, obviously. Uh, Anthony Richardson, the Colts win. I thought the clapping was for Shane Steichen and his first win as a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, but We so- put life into the world <laughs> just ahead of just, ten, uh, two scored divisional yeah, wins. It would, yeah. Which, a, a game, by the way, that you read pretty damn good. I, you read you read it right. We'll give you your uh, your love here early Although on this Monday. you might put Monday. the Giants win yesterday above all of that now that... Well, yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. What a win over Little one of the worst. Little Gas is undefeated, yes, right? Yes, 1-0, baby. You better believe it. I actually got a good story about that. Uh, we show up at the hospital, and, and you know, I have the iPad. That's when the Giants start making their comeback. But that's <laughs> that's a dopey thing. So on Tuesday, uh, you know, my wife was going to do all this. And I'm an open book. Mark texts me during the week. He's like, can we talk about it? I'm like, dude, it's sports radio. Yes. And I'll tell you guys why here in just a second. So it's Tuesday, and, you know, my wife was going to do the, you know, was going to do the natural birth route and we you know we had a plan we had a plan we had a game plan kb and the game plan we had to pivot we had to omaha we had to do all those yeah, other things quite the omaha uh, and you know her rising blood pressure it just kept going up and so she was meeting with the new doctor and the new doctor said we're going to keep you for 24 hours and then about 45 minutes after that it's like uh we're inducing you you are having the baby and it's funny uh it's a blur but i remember the blur and i suppose i will remember the blur for the rest of my life it's one of those things 
things that people always tell you about. Uh, it was 6.05 p.m. And she's like, they're inducing me. And so my, you know, immediately my brain, we didn't have a bag ready. You know, we didn't have the bag ready for the hospital because he was five weeks early. Okay. And we just moved in and all these different things. I'm dripping with sweat. I've been unloading boxes for five and a half hours uh, at the house. I throw, I take a shower. I throw everything in there. 1043 the next morning uh, on Wednesday, my man Mason, he's here uh, and he's, he's uh, up at community North. He's in the NICU. He's doing very well. Uh, we, you know, he's progressing. He's checking all the boxes. Nikki came home Saturday night, which is fantastic. I thought they might be keeping her into into yesterday, uh, something like that. And uh, I mean, we 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 are lucky considering all of the circumstances. We're lucky. We're absolutely blessed. And I'll say this, and this goes for people in this area. It goes for people at my at my previous stop, and just people uh, in between that you know. I mean, the amount of people around here who have known me for a month and a half who have known me for such a small amount of time around here reaching out uh, listeners reaching out the the texts the tweets the the DMs the X's whatever you want to call it uh, it's been it's been humbling dude it's been absolutely humbling and I mean when they say you'll never look at life or your wife the same they were not lying <laughs> they were absolutely it's quite the understatement right? uh, they were not lying so the last few days have been uh, a whirlwind, but I'm jacked up to be back. Uh, I know uh, obviously tons of things to talk about, but uh, I appreciate the flexibility on Tuesday when I called you at six thirty. What, what were you having out on the out on the yeah, deck or the we, porch? We, what were you having? We had grilled some chicken. It was okay. a beautiful night. You know, grilled chicken last week, and I guess even today we, we kind of continue to get this really early, nice fall weather. Um, so yeah, yeah, and, and it was a nice again, night. Yeah. As soon as I looked down on the phone, I knew full well, and Mark and I. I even traded a few texts on the side of saying, oh my gosh, man, I cannot believe what they're going through right now because you put the move on top of all of this. I mean, you guys had been in that house for what, 72 hours, 48 yeah. hours, something like that. And oh then, yeah. Oh, Mason's like, yeah, all right. I saw you guys moved in. I it's think game I'm ready. time. Yeah, it's game time. And, and I know you echo this and for you know us, it was IU North and Mark, it was different, but IU Community West. North for, for, yeah. for you guys. I mean, just... From a nursing and doctor standpoint, it's just unbelievable. Absolutely um, unbelievable what, what those people do. What they do and how they make it look so, so darn seamless. And In the most chaotic of situations. Too. Yeah. They kind of calm your nerves. Yeah. As Mark says, you know, it looks a little different in the movies <laughs> than it looks in there. But There weren't candles and there wasn't, uh, no. you know, Mozart music playing in the background or anything like that. It was it was a business trip. That's what I called it. It was a business trip. When they, you know, when they take her back and, you know, my wife had a seat. Section. I mean, I don't mind saying it. it was a, you know, it was not an emergency, but it was getting pretty damn close to being one. Uh, and you put on the garb, KB, and they're like, no, like they're ready, like they're ready right now. And they open the door, and you know, the lights and everything, everyone's staring at you, mm-hmm. and they're like, let's go. <laughs> so I walk in there as the last schmuck, you know, and uh, no, but I, listen, I thank you to you guys, all the people here uh, at the fan, all the listeners, uh, my decade plus in sports talk radio, and it's. You know, Mark texted me, can we talk about it? I'm an open book. That's what Sports Talk Radio is. Like, it's a connector. It's a connection that, you know, you, you feel like you know you know us blabbermouths on the radio, and uh, we feel like we know people that 
we meet out at events and remotes and everything else. And so uh, it has really meant a, a, you know a lot over the last few days as uh, the transition of our lives has happened. So there we go. So how about Steichen? One and uh, one and one. How about that? Well, yeah. First off, happy birthday, Kevin. <laughs> oh my goodness. Right? Yeah. Was it okay today? To is it my birthday? Isn't it? Okay, now this is odd. Is it your birthday? It you tell me. Birthday. Is it your birthday? <laughs> Who told you it was my birthday, Mark? <laughs> I just happen to know things. <laughs> well, are you one of those guys that keeps your birthday hidden? No, yeah, it is uh, September 18th. I am 34 years old. Today. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Look at this. Maybe look at, the, jer- like look at the things we have going on today. Did the, did the YouTube chat inform you, Mark, of that? No, oh, I, boy. I'm aware. <laughs> are you not on Facebook? I'm asking because I, I don't know. I really know. don't even know if I have my Facebook. I, I have like a work Facebook page. I, I kind of forget if my birthday is like still up there so yeah 34 years old no what? my contact it has a little birthday present next to your name today so as, oh how know. about that i think as we all quickly sure find out birthdays like mason you know kind of outweigh the old 34 year old birthday for myself or rosie bowen screaming at 4 a.m about oh. her about her ear kind of outweighs any the, any sort of birthday she's so. a four yes, thank you she's a 4 a.m this is like the third time i know you've mentioned that i think she, she has had a rough rough last oh. last week or so but well. um you know i think we all can probably there's b- bigger and better things. Share stories like that yes. for for three hours, but yes, nonetheless, uh, two score win. How about uh, that? For the Colts yesterday, and you know, it, it, all week long, Andy, you know, Mark and I and James Boyd. Shout out to James Boyd for filling in for a couple days yeah. for you. Thank you, James. It, it, it got to the point where I was like. I really think the Colts are going to cruise. Like, I, I just think Houston stinks. I think they're hurt. I think the Colts showed me in week one that they are a. I think they can be a decent football team this year. I mean, I was on the over, if you want to go back to the over-under. So, um, you know, one and one after two weeks, I guess it's that, that's what I thought. But um, I thought it was important getting to Sunday of like, all right, you have a divisional opponent. You didn't beat the Texans last year. You have won one of your last eight divisional games. Andy, yesterday was the Colts' first win in like yeah. eight games. Yeah. It was their first double-digit win yeah. since 2021. I mean, you, you got to go back to that Patriots game, the Saturday night game inside of Lucas Oil Stadium for the last time they've had a two-score win. So I think when you start like looking at it, you're like, damn, they really needed that. Like getting to the complacency of it's acceptable to lose, especially to divisional opponents. It's just a dangerous slope. Uh, obviously, the Richardson storyline is the one that does put a little sour taste on it. And I know it's a topic that we talked about just seven days ago in him exiting that Jacksonville game early. And you you can't ignore the elephant in the room. It's why I wrote about it last week. It's why I tried to make sure that we focused on it for stretches of this guy has carried the football 13 times in his NFL career. And he's been hurt on three of those 13 carries. That is an ugly percentage. It's a reminder that 255-pound quarterbacks aren't invincible at all. And this element to his playing style, leading to more hits, leading to potentially more injuries, it's going to be a storyline with his entire career. And unfortunately, five quarters into his career, it's a huge, huge deal. Yeah, listen, it's it's bittersweet. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I think I thought the Colts just you know thoroughly outplayed the Texans, and that's where you were spot on. And what's so I guess frustrating, man, is you know Richardson was was playing well, and not only that, he 
was going to play well and he was going God, to have series was flawless. KB, he was going to have stats. He was going to leave that game and people are going to say, okay, AR did this. He had, you know, 250 yards passing in a touchdown and had, you know, two or three scores on the ground and, you know, and they walk into Texas and they take care of business and the hit comes, you know, from, from a defensive back. It wasn't like you're taking a linebacker, right. you're taking right, a, right. a D end, something like that. And, you know, I read, I read Bob Kravitz last night and he's, you know, maybe not making the parallel of Andrew Luck, but every Colts fan has to think, you know, Andrew Luck, his body was so beaten that he walked away from the game and that sort of thing. So I'm not there, but I'm nervous. I, I don't mind saying that, that I'm a little worried that this is now two games and now you enter concussion protocol and then you get Baltimore and then the games get easier. And that's a conversation we can have. Uh, I know Jim Irsay, we heard it in the open there, spoke to some reporters after the game, but I'm low key. Uh, I don't know how nervous to be. I mean, we, we've, we've seen what we've seen a knee, we've seen an ankle and now you got it. Now you got a concussion and that's an entirely different thing. And that's viewed entirely differently, you know, by the NFL as well. Yeah. And, and we'll go through obviously the process uh, all week long and just what Richardson needs to do to get ready for Sunday. It, I looked last year. There are a couple of Colts players that cleared concussion protocol within a week. So it, it is possible. I know there's a huge chunk of people out there that would say, just sit the kid. I mean, he's two wow. years into his NFL career, all of that. Um, but you'd be ignoring the elephant in the room. You'd be naive not to acknowledge that his playing style is something that we will debate. And, and you know, I well, look this. how good it was. Look how good it was. I know, and that's and, what adds and, to and, it. And that's like... the problem. Look, before the concussion, and I know it's the second touchdown, the offense they were running, his lanes, what Steichen was dialing up, that's the good side of it. Yeah. You saw them both yesterday. Leading into April's draft, Andy, the whole time I, I said, okay, it's time for the Colts to finally go down the path of, here's the young quarterback, let's grow, can we find something for six to eight to ten years? That is the goal at that position. I remember saying to somebody out of practice, last week um, saying to them, man, I wonder what Anthony Richardson's going to look like as a player at 26. I wonder what he's going to look like at 28, 30 years old. You know, because guys that run, they have to change their style at some point. You just can't. Michael Vick was not Michael Vick at 30 that he was at 22. And obviously there's a whole lot to get there with Michael Vick's career. But even Lamar Jackson, I mean, we've seen how the months of December have gone for him each of the last couple of years. He hasn't been on the field. So that thought was in my head. Um, and it's unfortunate because there is so much good to point to from yesterday. I mean, Zach Moss was much better than competent. Um, we can talk about him. I thought Gardner Minshew handled things beautifully. Uh, that is not easy to do, to come off the bench like that. Obviously, it helps when your opponent is Houston, but still, 19-23. And your defensive line, that was why I was so confident entering Sunday. I thought Houston's O-line was beyond banged up. And you set the tone with that opening mm-hmm. strip on the first third down of the game. Richardson obviously scores on that next play. That ends up being the play that he suffers the concussion on. But uh, right there, your defensive line, nine. I think it was nine hits, six sacks on C.J. Stroud. Um, exactly what you needed from that position group. So plenty to get to game-wise, plenty to get to Anthony Richardson-wise. Joe Wrights is going to join us here at the bottom of the hour. It is a very nice start to this week here in Indianapolis. Shout out to Mason Sweeney. Shout yes. out to Andy Sweeney, Nikki Sweeney. Yes. Everybody tuning in. It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
All right, Joe Wright's going to join us coming up here in about 10 minutes or so. Morning check down, KB. I'll get things going. College football, and obviously we'll get back to the Colts. College football, Indiana losers, 21-14. Uh, they do outscore Louisville 14-0 in the second half. They hang on, do the cards, 21-14 there. That was down the road at Lucas Oil. And then Purdue losers by 15 at home, mm. 35-20. Garrett Schrader, I tried to tell you guys, he can run a little Garrett bit. Garrett Schrader ran Four all over. Four touchdowns on the day against the Boilermakers. Yeah, I think more people at the Class A state finals than are at Louisville and Indiana. Uh, I don't know, Sheridan against Corden Central or something <laughs> like that. Uh, that was a pathetic crowd, and an ode to that, I think, was Walt Bell's fourth down attempt there as Indiana tried oh, to uh, maybe make Maybe promote the game next time. Maybe let people know that the game is happening downtown I in mean, Indy. the crowd shots were unbelievable. The very few that they showed... Um, and then it sounded like, I don't know, Andy, if you heard otherwise, but it was talking to a few people that were there. They felt like 70, 75% Louisville. Oh, no. I mean, I, I'm not surprised. No, Louisville fans think they have a really good team. They're 3-0. and And so, no, it was 75, 80% Louisville. Ever. I mean, that was a narrative on the Louisville side is, why are no Indiana fans here? When they did the when they did the crowd shots oh, of IU man. fans, they had to get tight yeah. in on the crowd. Uh, two or three rows. Blue get, seats yeah. were not helping the situation <laughs> no, there for the red clad fans and how about this one saturday night coming up in south bend i listen i'm come ready on, come on I, come I, on listen i'm taking i'm taking notre dame if you're telling me notre dame's a home dog give me the irish three point underdog the irish against the buckeyes all right week two in the nfl obviously we'll talk a whole lot of colts uh the new england patriots are zero and two for the first time since 2001 the 49ers have won 12 straight regular season games mark dykton's bears have Ugh. lost 12 straight. Yep. Well, what about his Cubs? Season. Well, what, what do you, you what, want what me to drink Cubs at 7.23 in the morning? Because I'll do it. Five straight losses. Uh, an awful uh, weekend. But the Cincinnati uh, Bengals at 0-2. Charlie Jones have a punt return for a touchdown. The Purdue product. Uh, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert both 0-2 on the year. The Cowboys pretty dominant. And how crazy was that finish in uh, Denver between the Broncos and the Commanders there? The Hail Mary that was tipped, I think, three times before it finally was caught, and then the two-point conversion. You guys think pass interference there? Yeah. No? Uh, it's it, it was obvious pass interference. Can I ask you guys, would you, if it were your team, do you want to complete that Hal Mary knowing that you're, I mean, not going to get the two-point conversion? <laughs> or do you just want that to fall to the ground and not even give yourself the 30 seconds of hope that you might send the game into overtime? You talk about the emotions there. Right? Because I have the brief spirit of hope. See, I don't, I don't want the hope there. I want the yeah. ball I want the ball to hit the ground unless I got some sort of fantasy or gambling angle that I'm trying to look at. How about the NFC 6-0 and against the AFC? I would not have guessed that. Uh, coming into this season, and I think did I see all four NFC North teams lost yesterday? Uh-huh. All yep. four of them, mm-hmm. yeah. And the Packers should not have lost that game. Yeah, in Up Atlanta. 12. I know. Yeah. Uh, tonight we got the doubleheader. It'll be the Saints at the Panthers. That is a seven fifteen kick. The Saints favored by three as they take on Bryce Young, and then the AFC North matchup: the Browns, a slight road favorite over the Steelers. That is an eight fifteen kick. Yeah, just quickly, we mentioned Major League Baseball. Uh, the Cubs five straight losses. Mm-hmm. They've opened things up. They still lead mm-hmm. a half game for that wild card. The Mets did beat the Reds yesterday, but a good weekend for the Red Legs. If you look at it right now, uh, the Marlins, Cubs, right there, uh, tied for that third spot. So now Arizona. it's Arizona up in two, a- 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 right? Yeah. 
I was wrong. Arizona's moved up to two. Miami, Chicago, the Reds a half game behind. So that thing, I mean, listen, you might you might look at it in two days and the Reds might be two games up. They might be two games back. Uh, and the Cubs, they had it in hand. Sorry, Mark. They had it in hand. Five straight losses yep. and losses to the wrong team. You can't lose to Arizona. You can't get swept by Arizona. Yeah, can't lose two to the Rockies. It's, oh. It was an awful weekend. I and told my wife, I was like, how much beer do we have in the fridge and just give me all of it? <laughs> His bears stink. His Cubs you drink the rum chata, Mark? I, I, I might have drank the whole bottle. It's if been I, a while. If it was in the arm's reach, I would have grabbed it. It's been a while since the Cubs have been outside of the playoff picture. I, I say that in all seriousness, but right now, Miami does have that tiebreaker. So, uh, Reds and Twins coming up, and the Cubs after a, I would say, much-needed day off. Uh, they've got the Pirates here this week. All right, on the other side, Joe Wrights is going to join us, and we will unpack a whole lot more from the Colts' victory yesterday over the Houston Texans, 31-20. to Certainly a lot to like from yesterday. The Colts take care of business of one of the worst, if not the worst team in the NFL. Obviously, the Anthony Richardson injury situation we'll touch on and then give our thoughts on what we liked from yesterday. It's Kevin Bowen. It's Andy Sweeney. It's Mark Dykton right here on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. The Fan. It's a fumble recovery for Indianapolis. The call on the field was overturned, so the Colts have a fumble recovery, and they take over at the Houston 15-yard line. And running right side is Anthony Richardson. Fake the reverse. Turns the corner. He's in. Touchdown. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. Yeah, yeah, that's how it sounded right here on the Fan on Sunday. Colts get the win 31-20. Coming up in uh, just a couple minutes or so, Joe Wright's going to join us here on the Wake Up Call, hanging out with you on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Tons to talk about. We'll keep breaking it down. I think in the 8 o'clock hour, we'll take some calls as well. What did you see out there? Uh, How did you enjoy the game? The Colts get their first win of the season. We do have to talk about Minshew, Minshew Mania, something that you really don't want (laughs) when you have Anthony Richardson. We can dive into that. Will he play next week? It's going to be touch and go, obviously, here for the next few days or so. You know, a shout-out as well. I I thought, and I know you tweeted it out, I don't know if it was last night or this morning, I know it's been widely said, you know, in the fourth quarter making the Texans kind of burn the timeout. I thought Shane Steichen had a really good game. I I mean, you know, they were rolling early, they were ready early. Um, We talked about the defensive line playing well, the running game looked better, Anthony Richardson looked really good, and then you have to audible. I mean, everyone's, everyone's looking around saying, wait a minute, he's in the 10? You know, now he's going back to the sideline. What's going on here? He comes out of the game. Gardner Minshew, who gets no live reps during the week, comes in uh, and plays a good, efficient game, and the Colts take care of business, and they get his first win. I thought Steichen had a really good game on Sunday. It's pretty rare to see a guy, a quarterback, exit the game in the first half like happened yesterday, but to see Richardson's offense pretty flawless. Then Minshew's offense came in, and they were pretty flawless as well. They had a big touchdown there late in the first half, which I thought kind of started to pound that nail into the coffin a little bit there. So two very different style quarterbacks as well. And I also want to shout out Zach Moss. Um, You know, We're a little bit of the show. We haven't really mentioned him too, too much. Andy, he played every single offensive snap but one. That is so rare in today's NFL to see a running back do that. He offered much more competency to your run game there. 18 carries for 88 yards. Very, very important. And it's probably an indicator of what the Colts started their running backs in week one when they run Zach Moss, who, you know, 
hadn't you know been in live action in what well over I guess over a year or almost a year I should say and he's out there for every snap but one so big day from the fourth year running back out of Utah all right let's head to the Payless Liquors hotline right now and Joe Wright's going to join us obviously you're going to hear him tonight Colts Roundtable Live coming up with Rick Venturi and Matt Taylor Joe Wright's good morning Kevin, good afternoon, and I was uh, hitting an early morning workout with a uh, good friend of both of ours, Brian Shelbourne, and he mentioned to me that it is your birthday today, so happy birthday, (laughs) what a Monday morning Colts win, and Kevin Bowen's birthday, does it get any better than that? Gosh, getting a good afternoon birthday from Joe Wrights here at 7.36 in the morning. I can't think of a better way to celebrate number 34 for me. So thank you for that, Joe. Um, How about your old position group yesterday? No sacks, one hit. We talked about Shane Sykin, two different quarterbacks in the game, Zach Moss doing that, but uh, I thought the trench play uh, really set the tone on both sides of the ball, Joe. No question. Game ball, O-line, and D-line, and it's so interesting because as I was watching the game again this morning and I got through the first half of, of my second film study, when you're ahead on the scoreboard, it just dictates things completely different. And people look at the end of the game, well, how did the Colts have six sacks and they gave up nothing? When you're ahead by two scores and the Colts got up 14 nothing right out of the gate, boom, you can dictate what you want to do. You decide to run the ball when you run the ball. On the other side, you know they have to pass and you can just – Lick your chops as a defensive lineman. We did that, especially with some of their backup linemen. Tunsil being out really killed them. Uh-oh. No, boy. Did we lose him? Yeah. By the way, I was going to ask Joe. He said he's watching the game this morning. He wakes up at like 3 a.m. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. That's if what I figured. you need someone to come over and change little Gas's diaper here in the next few weeks. At 4.15? Joe Wrights is a father of, I think, 13 kids. Him and yeah. Philip Rivers are going back and forth on how many kids. Or I saw, I who saw can that. have more? So he's up at 4. So he's up at yeah. 3, 4 oh, yeah. a.m. He's breaking down offensive lineman film while we're still trying to get our final minutes of sleep in. Yes. That, I mean, and I say that in all seriousness. He will be over at uh, your guy's house in a uh, blink of an eye. <laughs> Joe, hey, it's Andy. Good to, good to meet you. You were talking about the offensive line, but you mentioned uh, when you broke up there, you, you, you mentioned you you had already watched the game and you were breaking down the film. What time did you wake up this morning to begin film work? Uh, about four. Okay. Hey, when you got six young kids at home, there's not a lot of quiet hours in the day, so it's got to be <laughs> in the early morning. But, uh, but yeah, was re-watching the film. What I liked about our offensive line, I thought our combo bo- blocks were really good. A lot of times we were double-teaming that defensive lineman right up to the linebacker. And I thought you saw a difference in Zach Moss and his running style. He's a hard charger. He's a, hey, first contact might stop me for one yard, but I'm going to go and stretch it out to four or five. And I thought he was really productive. Obviously, we held on to the ball, which we didn't do last week with Deion Jackson. But I think you saw right away that, hey, Zach Moss is our bell cow, and we're going to ride him at that running back position. You know, And, and he barely came off the field. Joe Wright's joining us here on the Fan Pay Less Liquors Hotline Reaction Monday. Colts win 31-20. What's the conversation, whether it be with linemen or the entire offense and the coaching staff, when uh, the starting quarterback goes out, you know, kind of early in the game, in comes the backup, Minshew. We know he's a very solid player, but the playbook does change a little bit, especially with the quarterback running. What are those conversations like? What do you think they were like, I guess, for the Colts on Sunday? 
I would say not a lot, honestly. And I think that's the thing about Minshew and the unique position the Colts are in right now. I mean, your backup has way more experience and has won a lot of games in the NFL. So when he goes in there, there's probably almost a sense of calm from the offensive line. You know you're not going to maybe have as many QB runs, but we saw what Minshew did. He comes into the game, two straight touchdown drives, and then the second half starts, they punt, we kick the field goal, another scoring drive. And at that point, I mean, the game is 31-10, to 10 and it was essentially over. I know the Houston got a lot of yards and shroud through for close to 400, but a lot of those were garbage yards, in my opinion. The game was already over. So when I look at this game, I separate it into three segments. First one, Richardson's four drives. First two, great. We're up 14-0. He goes out with the concussion. Then that middle three part of the game, Minshew, three straight scoring drives. And again, it was 28-10 a half, and you felt like three scores, the game's close to being over. We go get a three and out, and then all of a sudden we force them to punt, and you knew the game that was really over after we got that field goal. So just really all three phases of the game, the Colts played complementary football. That's what you want to see. And again, you're looking at two teams, two young quarterbacks, but two franchises that I thought, hey, the Colts, you could tell just across the board, were a more talented team than Houston, and they took care of business right out of the gate on the road, which is something that we struggled playing down there for whatever reason the last X amount of years. So I thought that was really, really good. That division opponent smack them in the face on the road and let them know, hey, uh, hopefully this becomes a real recurring theme here in Indianapolis. Yeah, again, the first two-score win for the Colts since week 15 of the 2021 season. The one and only Joe Wright's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Joe, it's a subject that I, I don't love talking about by any means, but it's the reality of where you're at right now with Anthony Richardson, and that is he is in concussion protocol. He left, uh, as you said, after that touchdown run, I guess he stayed in for a couple series and then left for good. Um I believe you dealt with a concussion at one point, maybe more more than that, but I'm trying to think back to that 2013 season in your career. For those that have not been through a concussion protocol, what is that process like knowing full well that obviously every concussion is is different? Yeah, good question. So there's really like three stages. First, you have to be symptom-free. So whatever symptoms are, you know, if there's a headache or, you know, feeling a little foggy, et cetera. And then once you're symptom-free, then you start to progress with activity, running on the treadmill, you know, maybe running things at practice with no contact. And then if that progresses, then you have to pass basically having some contact and feeling fine. And the nice thing about the NFL and the new concussion protocol from the player perspective is you have to get cleared not only by the Colts team doctors, but an independent third-party neurologist. So there are some hoops that you have to go through. And again, I think how will that project out to – whether he can play against Baltimore or not, I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out more this afternoon with Shane Steichen in his press conference. But there's definitely a system and there's checks and balances in place where guys have to go through the proper protocol. So obviously him and Ryan Kelly in there, you know, that's your battery center and quarterback. How that remains to be seen, we'll see as it unfolds against Baltimore. But, um, yeah, unfortunate for both those guys. And I think that's the, that's the one uh, – Maybe question mark coming out of the game, right, is that it's been two straight games and and Richardson has left both games with a different injury in one capacity. And again, Kevin, I know we talked about this preseason. That all comes down to the type of player he is. You can't take that away, but it's all about limiting the hits you're taking and how can you minimize some of those bigger hits and blows. Uh, I always think Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison caught a lot, a lot of passes for a lot of years. The guy never got hit. And Richardson continuing to understand 
when it's time to take a hit and when it's time maybe to, to slide early or step out of bounds a step before and maybe you give up three or four yards, but you're playing the long game. I want to expand on that, if you don't mind. I think Jalen Hurts, for example, has been pretty public this offseason leading into this year about how he has realized like you aren't invincible and there are moments where you just have to live to see another down. To your point, I mean, and you played with a quarterback like this, I mean, what made Andrew Luck special was his ability to do some stuff with his legs and make off-script stuff happen. Obviously, it's a huge part of Richardson's game. Like, stylistically, if you were Shane Steichen, what would your conversations be with Anthony Richardson when he does get back on the field in terms of playing style and what he does in the open field? Because all three injuries have occurred on scramble plays or design runs, I should say, in the NFL. Yeah, I think it's really a two-part process. It's one, what plays are you scheming up and designing? How many times are you running those true quarterback design run, quarterback powers, or how many times is Richardson saying, hey, the play breaks down, I don't like the coverage, I'm going to break contain in the pocket and go try to do it with my legs. That's the first. But the second is on Richardson in terms of knowing how to slide, knowing when to slide. And I think more than anything as a young quarterback, I mean, the guy is trying to do so well for this team and show, hey, Indianapolis, I'm your quarterback of the future. I'm the franchise guy. But it's okay on third and ten to throw the ball away and not try to scramble and take two hits and gain three yards. It's okay to slide early, and maybe you don't get the first down, but you punt. That's okay because you're playing the long game. Again, fourth and one, game's on the line. That's completely different than a the third drive of the game, early second quarter, where you got to be okay maybe throwing the ball away and living the fight one more. How much different are the hits going from college to the NFL? And do you think that's part of what Richardson's running into? I mean, he was he was lit up at the goal line by a DB. That wasn't like a headhunting linebacker or anything like that. No question. I think that's a great point. When you're scrambling in college, as big and fast and strong as he is, you're not taking a lot of hits. Or you're lowering your shoulder and you're punishing the linebackers and the defensive backs. But the NFL, it's a different level with the strength and speed. And I think he's figuring that out. Again, the preseason, he didn't play much. Obviously, the joint practices and against ourselves at Grand Park, you're not taking those hits. So I think you scramble, the play breaks down, he's rushing to the edge. He's really realizing the speed of NFL linebackers and defensive backs and their strength. And that's a great point, Andy. I do think that game four, five, six, he'll have a better gauge on that. Who can he outrun? Who can he not? Who's a guy that might deliver a bigger blow than maybe you would have seen on Saturday afternoon? Joe, I'd be remiss, and we appreciate your time here on this Monday morning if I didn't give you the opportunity to address, I would say, quite a big one in Hamilton County coming up on Friday night, right, for your Garen Eagles? Oh, Garen Catholic and the Bishop Shatard Trojan. Shatard's awful good. I know they got uh, your Cathedral Fighting Irish, but uh, we got them at home, and, and we do have a... Let's get some bulletin board material here. here. <laughs> so, no, no bulletin board material for me. Shatard's number one. They're defending state champs. It's going to take the very best that Garen Catholic has, but I'm excited to be up there and watch that game on Friday night. Hey, the other sports thing, Bone, we got to talk about. What are we doing in Cincinnati? We got to take 11 to go, baby. The Twins. And then we play the Pirates. I really just hope we don't come down to the end of the season 
when we're playing the Cardinals who have packed it in <laughs> and they take us out for one or two. But at least the Cubs got swept. That was good to see. Five in a row, Cubs <laughs> losing. 11 to go for the Reds, Joe. It's so true that you point out that Cardinals series to end the year. Like, oh, Would man. there be anything more Reds than just lose two or three oh. to the Cardinals and miss the playoffs by one game? No. The, the, I mean, the good thing is that the Diamondbacks, they're playing the Giants this week and they're out there in the West and fight it out. But it, it's going to be interesting, kind of those four teams with the Marlins. Those final two spots, what are they going to come down to? Seeing the Marlins up there, I'm like, there's no way this is going to happen. But that's probably how some markets view the Reds as well. Joe, always enjoy the combos, man. Tonight, 6 o'clock, Colts Roundtable Live. It's a must-listen with Joe, Rick Venturi, and Matt Taylor. Have a great week, man. Hey, what uh, what are you doing for your birthday? And also, I saw on social media uh, your son crawling to pick the winner. Uh, My sister showed me that. That was awesome. Has he been right? Two out of two weeks? Uh, he is one and one on the season. Um, right. Some people are saying that uh, I need to switch the helmets around. He's a little right-hand dominant. Uh, I'm like, the, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the kid's 12 months old. I, I don't know. I feel like we're reading a little bit too much into it. But uh, uh, as you know, Joe, I think once you turn, I don't know, 30 and you have multiple children and you have a few, uh, the old 34th birthday just takes the back seat here. Yeah, that's, that's true. It's not exactly a high one. I think you should spin him around a few times before the next time one. Get him disoriented a little bit. And <laughs> that's then a great see. point. That way, it, that way you yeah. take out any sort of bias, right hand, left hand. He's used to the same same area. That's that's what I think. Well, I, I also thought, you know, we could put him on a little bit of an elevated surface. I mean, he's starting to pull up. Like, you know, maybe, I and mean, this is a hard game coming up on Sunday, right? Eight-point underdog, I think, was the early line. Colts at Ravens. Mm-hmm. Maybe you put the helmets a little bit higher up and, you know, see where his equilibrium's at with that. There's there's so many different ways you can go with this, but I think that's awesome. And, yeah, keep the tradition going. That's great. We got a long season here. Joe, uh, thank you, man. Have a great week. All right. Take care. See you guys. That is Joe Wrights right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. There you go. Yeah, one and one. I was about to say he's not two and oh. Sorry no, to Max. He's Max one and Bowen, one. He's gone Jags and Texans. Yeah. yeah. He, 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 went, he went with the Texans. I think he's up $4 on the year if you're going to place $10 <laughs> bets. Then he, to- then he, then he tossed the, he tossed the helmet, didn't he, though? He did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Joe Wrights, I, I appreciate he'll... that wants the old puke and rally. He wants you to spin him around and then pick. I know. That well, could be a disaster. I was going to say. I don't know. He's a tough football guy. <laughs> if we're ready for that. But as a father of six, I'm sure Joe Wrights knows full well oh, yeah. what the best mode of operation is. I, I, We probably won't talk about it a whole lot today, but the offensive line performance, zero sacks, one hit. Again, two different style of quarterbacks that they were blocking for as well. You watch that first Richardson touchdown run. I mean, yeah, Richardson in the open field obviously speaks for itself. That was blocked beautifully absolutely beautifully on that touchdown run there. Uh, so I, I want to make sure we do give a hat tip to the O-line. As Joe mentions, Ryan Kelly is also in concussion protocol. And I just bring this up because a guy like Shaq Leonard, uh, when he has suffered two concussions in the last year, he's missed three weeks in each of those. Ryan Kelly had a concussion. This was early in his career, but he missed like over a month. And it's just one of those reminders that for the most part, guys only miss a week. And again, the Colts had a couple of players last year that actually played in the very next game. But all concussions can be different. I mean, clearly, look at Richardson's. He played, what, two series after he took the hit that suffered the concussion. Uh, I wrote something down on my paper here, and I could not read my handwriting. Otherwise, oh, I would have tried to. You, you know how that is. Oh, Other- my handwriting 
sucks. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have tried to ask Joe this because Joe, Joe's been in, in the trenches, right? Like he's put his hand literally in dirt or now astroturf. Uh, he's put his hand in the turf since they won't put real grass on these fields. And and I saw a little bit of it yesterday, you know, on social media and some stuff like that. And I think. I, I, listen, I, I'm all for it. It makes all the sense in the world, but it is an interesting storyline that Anthony Richardson did report the concussion himself. Yeah, so th- ba- th- that is a storyline. Yeah, so I, I went back and watched twice the hit and then the subsequent two series afterwards because I'm trying to see, and obviously the cameras aren't all locked in on Anthony Richardson during that time, but he suffers the hit. He comes over to the to the sideline, and I think he did mention to Josh Downs, like, man, I got rocked pretty good. He did, But yeah. he's talking to Downs. He's talking to Minshew. He's talking to Ellinger, you know, and there's no sign of, you know, any members of the athletic training staff around him. And then he goes back out there. For what it's worth, he was one for four in the two series he played post-concussion. Now, one of those was, I thought, a very catchable ball that Kylan Granson should have caught. Um, he did have a completion to downs that actually got called back due to a Braden Smith holding they, they, penalty. They went punt-punt. Yeah, they did six plays, three and outs. And he yeah. didn't have any runs. So, I mean, there's some evidence you could point to in the box score, Andy, that would indicate, man, something wasn't exactly right with them. But when I watched him just throw the ball, operate the offense, you know, do stuff at the line of scrimmage, to me, there was nothing very obvious. Now, there was a change in quarter there. Obviously, there was a change in possession a couple of times, and that was when he self-reported those symptoms. Um, we'll probably get into this a little bit more as the week moves along, but Again, the concussion protocol is a five-step process. I've got an article up on 107.5 The Fan. At the bottom of that article, you will see each and every single step. Uh, Last night, I went back and looked at last season, and I want to say the Colts had eight guys suffer concussions last year. Uh, Again, Leonard missed three weeks. Now, Leonard had a broken nose on top of that when he got hit, I think, by Zaire Franklin on that. Andy, two of those eight came back and had a chance to play that next week. Drew Ogletree, actually, Mm. on Sunday, he suffered a concussion. We all saw that in the opener against Jacksonville. He was eligible to play in the game. He was not ruled out, um, but for the most part, uh, the vast majority of those guys do miss a week. So I'll be curious to see how Richardson is. Uh, we heard the Jim Mercy audio a little bit earlier. Felt like he was in good spirits. Felt fine after the game. It's not like they were isolating him, putting him in a dark room, anything like that. So I do think those are some early positives, albeit, you know, how do you feel after you wake up? Those sorts of things remains to be seen. Yeah, on the other end, uh, let's take some phone calls. 317-239-1070. We should probably take some reaction as well. And then I I think it's the conversation. You've mentioned it twice with looking at the schedule. You know, it reminds me a little bit of IU football going into the Louisville game. We knew Indiana was going to lose to Ohio State, right? And we knew they were going to beat Ohio State. So they hit par. They were shooting par until Saturday. And they were in a game that they thought they could win in Lucas Oil against uh, against Louisville. Thus far, the Colts have, have shot par. I mean, I think that's fair, right? Yeah, most people had Jacksonville as a yeah, loss. Most Houston people had yeah. Jacksonville as a loss, and they would go and win on the road. Uh, Baltimore is... is is <laughs> Listen, Baltimore's a loss. I mean, if you're looking at it, you mentioned the spread, what, eight and a half or so. Obviously, if AR doesn't play, that would be a conversation. So, uh, after the break, I mean, uh, I mean, what do we think about after that, the schedule? You could, you could say it lightens up. The Rams have been playing, you know, good 
football, dare I say, given that we thought they would be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, which is not the case with Sean McVay. Uh, the Titans needed a lot of luck to get that win. They're nothing special. Jacksonville, 1-1, one and, one, and Jacksonville was just, I mean, they, they, they didn't score a touchdown yesterday, did they? Scored nine points? What was it? Did they score a touchdown yeah, at the a, end? It was 16-9. Uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, they were ugly, and then you get Cleveland, New Orleans, Carolina, New England 0-2. They're winnable games on this schedule. So AR playing next week. I want to dive into that. And then poor Gardner Minshew. Minshew mania. Everyone likes Minshew. Unfortunately, you just don't want to see him play. <laughs> and, he, and he's a competent player. He's a good player. He's better than other starting quarterbacks in the NFL. A whole lot to get to, as Andy just laid out right there. A lot of positives, certainly from yesterday. And then the elephant in the room of Anthony Richardson exiting there in the first half. So we'll take your calls, 317-239-1070. We'll get to our fan tweets of the game a little bit later. Uh, it's us. It's you. That's what it looks like for the next couple hours here. Wake up call KB and Andy on a beautiful Monday in Indy. All right, 8 o'clock hour. Hanging out with you. Appreciate Joe Wright's joining us last hour. The Wake Up Call, KB and Andy, happy to be back. Couple days off, little one doing well. Appreciate, again, everyone reaching out uh, to me and to our family. It's KB's birthday today. The show's busy. Mark's team stink. Uh, that's basically what's going on here. Um, God, how about your team we, yesterday? We, we had a baby. It's KB's birthday, and Mark's teams are failing him down the stretch. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what's yep. happening. And the Giants kept you sane yes, for, well, there for you at least go. 24 hours, uh, when, right? you, when you have to come back from three touchdowns down, in the third quarter against uh, lowly Arizona, who, by the way, I think a storyline of this NFL season is all the teams that we thought were just going to pack it away and go for Caleb Williams or Drake May, they're not doing that, right? I mean, the Rams aren't doing that. Are the I mean, Bucks two and zero. Well, the Bucks are the Bucks are two and zero. They're a team that we thought. I mean, I, I'm not a big Todd Bowles fan as a head coach. I thought they would stink. Uh, all it's going to mean is the Jets are going to end up drafting second. That's all. It's I, I think gonna, the, the, the Bears are the Bears are going to have Bears. the first two picks of the draft. They're going to have theirs and Carolinas. And you got to take the quarterbacks, right? You got to take both of them. Just let them figure no, it out. No, you trade get, the other you, one. You get Caleb Williams, <laughs> and then you get Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, that's there you exactly. Go. That's exactly. That's exactly. September eighteenth, and we're already there. Already this is what they've done to me. They've ruined me in two weeks. Unbelievable. They have ruined you. Justin Fields, I think, stinks. Boy, I'm I getting, think I I'm think he's scared. I, I think you should I'm be scared. scared. Uh, speaking so right now, Brandon Staley fired first. Matt Eberflus fired second. Or are we? Is that is that true? I oh. mean, they're about to get fifty thrown on them against Kansas City on Sunday. I think so Staley's it's get really bad. I think Staley's the worst coach in the NFL. I think he's the worst head coach in the NFL. We did we did such our, a Titans win yesterday. I know, by them. it really is. We did our overreactions on Tuesday. We'll do them again tomorrow. And I said Brandon Staley would be the first coach fired. He'd be fired in the middle of the season, and I think he That's will. A great point. Uh, and then looking up at the TVs right now, uh, I mean the Bengals being zero and two and Joe Burrow being injured. Someone put a meme up. Uh, Joe Burrow after signing a two hundred some uh, odd million dollar contract, and it had a picture of Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. If you're a Bengals fan, not good. Uh, and I did see there were a couple Bengals fights in the crowd, which is always fun. I mean, you guys have to like the the accounts that put out all the fights in the NFL stadiums. That was right? quite the headbutt. <laughs> you, you could hear that all the way in Noblesville. It was like the Anthony Richardson hit that MJ Stewart laid on him. You can kind of hear that. It's the same thing in, in the crowd. So, uh, fantastic stuff over the weekend. We'll keep it going. We'll take your calls here. Uh, coming up, 317-239-1070. Uh, KB, I want to ask you this, if, if this is silly. So, in the NFL, and you wrote about this on the website, we know that 
you know, concussions are viewed differently than an ankle, right? And and there is a protocol, and it's a, I mean, it's a protocol that you got to check the boxes to be able to play on Sunday. And you mentioned sometimes guys uh, are able to come back, and then you know the Raiders didn't have Jacoby Myers, for instance, who is who had such a great week one. He gets concussion at the end of their game a couple weeks ago. He doesn't play week two, and they go to Buffalo and get absolutely uh, smashed there. Uh, and so now Anthony Richardson enters protocol and I want to say for the most part uh, and it's basically in totality it this is taken out of Shane Steichen's hands right you know him not playing Deion Jackson that that's a coaching decision yesterday Uh, him playing or not playing Anthony Richardson if he is cleared to play uh, you know I mean Shane Steichen can throw him out there and if he's not he's gonna miss a week and he'll get ready for the Rams in week four my question to you is and for everybody and, and Listen, I doubt we're going to get much from Steichen. An update is not what I'm interested in because we know Steichen's not going to give much information. The question I have, is it silly for me to even bring up to you guys that you don't play him even if he's cleared on Sunday uh, against Baltimore. And you may say, well, Andy, that's throwing in the towel against the Ravens. I mean, I don't view it that way because Gardner Minshew is absolutely capable of at least keeping you in that game. He is a competent quarterback, but you know the worry, the worry that he has not finished two straight games has to be there. In fact, you mentioned elephant in the room. To me... It's the room. To me, it's even more than the elephant in the room. Yeah. I mean, I mean, th- this it, it's this all off season. The conversation we started doing the show together has been, and you've said it, and you're exactly right. This season is all about Anthony Richardson. It's all, and we we debated not having Jonathan Taylor. We debated the offensive line's got to be better. Does he have enough? You know, does he have weapons around him that are good enough? And now it's this. Now that you're in the middle of the season. It is about Anthony Richardson, but these guys want to win games. Uh, I mean, Steichen wants to win games. The the players that are out there on the field, they want to win the game, whether it's lowly Houston or it's at Baltimore on Sunday. And so, yes, it's about AR, but now it's also, you know, now it's the manliness of the NFL about going out and winning those games, that testosterone popping. Um, and so I don't, I, I just, I don't know how we're going to view kind of, that that thin line of we haven't talked about wins and losses, but now we're in the season and we're talking about wins and losses. And then secondly, I, I mean, there's a there's a big part of me that says don't even think about Anthony Richardson playing on Sunday at Baltimore if you're a Colts fan and get ready for week uh, you'll get ready for week four and five winnable games at Lucas Oil against the Rams in Tennessee. Yeah, I, I know it's really difficult to do in the 24 hours after. A game, let alone the first double-digit win this franchise has had in over a year, and we talked about the you know one win in their last AFC eight AFC South games and all of that. So I know it's really difficult to do, but I view Sunday as such a great, great opportunity for Anthony Richardson. And let's just like put the concussion situation to the side, Andy. If I were going to rank the 17 games on this Colts schedule and rank what I would call one of the best, most challenging tests Anthony Richardson is going to face all year at Baltimore would be near the top, if not at the top. And again, to me, it's at the top. That's all I care about this season is Anthony Richardson getting exposure to these types of 
road uh, disguising d- defenses. However you want to describe it. Look at what Baltimore did to C.J. Stroud in week one. Baltimore's an AFC championship type of team. I mean, There's no doubt about it. Sack Stroud five times. Um, they were, And this was before I think their offensive line fully fell apart, which they did in the week leading up to playing the Colts with losing Laramie Tunsil and, and having to shift so many guys up front. Um, but that's where I view this as so disappointing of there is part of me that, again, can put the emotions to the side of seeing a 31-20 to win and can also acknowledge, Andy, you won a game where Gardner Minshew played three quarters. If you are going to look at this as a big-picture view this season – Gardner Minshew playing three quarters and the Colts winning a football game, that doesn't do a whole lot for you when you're talking about the future of this franchise. And I know that is such big picture view, and there's a lot of people that would say, but they don't view it Kevin, it's Monday morning, don't go there, Like, let's react to the win, it's a two-score win, all of that. Sure, in a normal NFL life cycle, that is right, but I don't view this season like a normal NFL year. It's unique, it's all about the development of one player. And if all of a sudden you get to the end of the year and Gardner Minshew, and again, this is getting way ahead of ourselves, but if he's played 50% of your snaps for some reason and you go 7-10 and 10 and you're drafting 14th overall, that's a bummer. Anthony Richardson's only gotten half the reps you'll, you thought he would get. You'll be my team, yeah. <laughs> you're in like NFL purgatory yeah. and you've missed out on really valuable time because Anthony Richardson was a one-year starter at Florida. He was really healthy. For that one year, he had some other injuries pop up in his time at, at Florida when he was playing a little spot duty. But that's just one season of college football. We, we just don't know about his durability. So far in the NFL, he's played five quarters, and he's carried the ball 13 times, and he's been hurt on three of those 13 carries. That's the reality. We, we have to live in reality. And 255-pound quarterbacks, he might feel like he's in bit invincible in the open field, but right now he's proven not to be. So um, I, I'm very torn on this in that um, I think if he clears it, I I, I guess I would play him. I, I know certainly where you're coming from and like, man, he's 21 years old. You know, game three of his rookie season is not going to be the end all be all in defining his career. Um, I don't know. Maybe if he'd get right back, if he clears it, and then he'd get right back out there, maybe that's the raw kind of feelings he needs to all of a sudden playing a little mm-hmm. bit differently and sliding the open field and those sorts of things. Um, it's a very, very, I think, difficult balance that you weigh here. But I think overall, him missing any time is just a bummer, in particular when you look potentially at this matchup on Sunday, which I would label as one of the best tests, if not the best, he'll see, he'll face all yeah, season long. I, I don't know. I, I only bring that up because I don't know what the answer is. Like, you're right. You want to see him go on the road against Baltimore. This is, you know, it's going to be a big crowd. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure AR has looked up to Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, has looked at Lamar Jackson as, hey, I can be this type of player in the end. NFL and everything else and then the other side of it is if he doesn't play and again a lot of this and probably the majority of this is taken out of the Colts hands right I mean independent people they come look at him he has to check the boxes and pass the protocol and everything else they can't really fudge this yeah but the other side of this is the games after when we talk about wins and losses or are more winnable than Baltimore and I mean if he were to miss Sunday you still get Rams Titans Jags Browns Saints Panthers uh, you know Tampa Bay 
Bay, New England, we start to go into those games that are winnable, and you would still get your data. You would still get your information. That that's why that's why it's a tricky season. And you feel for Gardner Minshew uh, because they go to the sideline and Minshew leads a touchdown drive, and they go Minshew mania immediately. It doesn't matter if Minshew if they just show him on the sideline drinking Gatorade. It's always Minshew mania, and it's fine. Hey, there's Uncle Rico yeah, in the and, flesh, and you, and you and you like Minshew, but you're also like you also don't want to see him play. No, no, you I, never I, I don't want to see to him see, play. And like I can sit here and commend Gardner Minshew for yesterday without question, and he deserves plenty of praise for what he did when he came on the field. Andy, he's 19 to 23. He was on target. That he hits guys in stride with proper timing that allows them to make plays down the uh, after the catch. Obviously, he's not going to do a whole lot down the field at all. He's not going to make plays with his legs, but you know he allowed you to see, oh wow, Josh Downs had a really nice day. I thought Will Mallory had a couple of moments. Yeah. Uh, you know, Michael yeah. Pittman had some stuff after the catch that you like to see as well. Um, you know, Minshew did exactly what you would want out of a backup on a uh, on a quality NFL team. Thrust into duty mid game. How does he respond? And he did exactly that. But I, I I don't need to see him. Like I just I know that <laughs> I know. sounds poor Minshew. You know, Derek, poor, poor Minshew. Derek Derek tweets this. Uh, completely agree the game was blah for me once Richardson went out I kind of had that that, that's how I felt I kind of had that feeling and again we can sit here and credit the defensive line because Anthony Richardson going out has little to no bearing on on your defensive line and they set the tone the Samson Ebukam sack the Dio Dango Dio Adengbo punch out Quiddy Pay falls on it boom right there you're up 14 nothing five minutes into the game and your defensive line sent a message and what I like about the six sacks for your defensive line yesterday Six different guys got sacks, and that doesn't include Dio, who had the big fumble as well. So you like the amount of guys that got involved yesterday. Again, Zach Moss, he deserves credit. There are some individuals you can certainly point to, and we can acknowledge that, but Richardson is what everything is about, and him missing three quarters and now potentially missing what I would consider a really good litmus test, um, that is a bummer. I, I don't think how you can look at it really in any other way. Uh, you mentioned Laramie Tunsil a second ago, and I wrote it down. When you think of Laramie Tunsil, you think of the gas mask. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Uh, don't you? You think of the bong gas mask. I was the, at that draft then, in, uh, <laughs> in Chicago. I'm trying to think what that college was. It was some obscure arts college that they had the draft at there. Colts took Ryan was Kelly it, in that what, draft. Was it really? Why were you there? Were you just, I mean, you were Colts. Covering it. Yeah, yeah, Colts yeah. Covering, covering it, the draft. Do, doing the whole thing. Ryan Kelly was not there, so we talked about a waste of a trip up uh, to uh, <laughs> some of an R, I feel like it was called. Laramie, uh, Laramie Tunsil in the in the gas mask, and then the other thing I remember is when he's like, "Oh yeah, I got paid at Ole Miss," and the in the and was it the NFL PR person pulling him off stage as he was admitting all the wrongs that he did in college? <laughs> were, were you at that press conference? Now that's the press conference I'd like to be at. No, I, I no, I don't think. What was Tunsil at? No, he wasn't at that draft. Yeah, was he? yeah, he was because he went what, up, what, was he there present? Yeah, he was there present. You better believe he was. Gosh, I guess I kind of forget that. Uh, One guy I think we should mention, um, I'm curious to see how playing time will evolve here moving forward. As Houston got back in that game, I thought they really targeted uh, Daryl Baker Jr., number 39, on that right side, or I guess it would have been kind of the top of the screen if you were watching. And what the Colts do with that third corner. Is it going to be Jalen Jones, the seventh-round pick out of A&M? He would be the guy that I'd have next on the depth chart. Again, we've seen two healthy scratches from Juju Brents. I mean, that's the one, right? The rookie out of Warren. Now, the good news 
news for Brent is he's strung together like multiple weeks of practice, which he never did in the offseason. Um, but I do think that's a question you have moving forward. As I know that the Ravens don't, you know, may you don't think of them as a pass first, but when you look at Zay Flowers, we'll, we'll see where Odell Beckham is health wise. He's not healthy. He's Rashad got two Bateman, catches on the season. Nelson Aguilar, Mark Andrews. There are some names. Mark Andrews absolutely torched the Colts a couple years ago in that comeback on Monday Night Football. So I am curious, just health wise and, and you know performance wise, where you see a guy like Juju Brents on the depth chart potentially trying to push Daryl Baker Jr. Yeah, I'm shocked that Odell Beckham's not doing anything. That's really shocking to me. Does he really have two catches? He's got two. Ca- yeah, I looked it up. Don't worry. Oh, this God. is me being petty. If you're wondering, he's got I'm, five. I'm, does he have five? You're selling him short. Five oh my for 66. God. Never mind. ESPN.com lied to me. Was How he a dare you? Scratch yesterday? No, he, no, got, he, he was, got injured. He, injured right? he got injured. He had three again. catches yesterday and, and suffered and then, an and ankle injury. Zay Flowers is the one that Zay had Flowers the, uh, is a beast. Yeah, he had the uh, big play here. Um, let's get to Ray. I know Ray wanted to talk about Richardson's injury. Ray, good Monday morning to you. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, guys. Um, first off, I want to say uh, congratulations, Andy. Thank you. Baby. Thank you. Um, happy birthday, KB. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate um, that. And Mark Dykin, 2016 was a long way away. Um, <laughs> those, those years aren't coming back. Let me just I know. Say that. <laughs> he knows. You don't have to remind me. Yeah, he knows. Man, Ray, Ray chose violence <laughs> like, on this he, Monday he morning, did. you know? Hitting me with a sock full of soap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But but what I wanted to talk about is um, I see a lot being made about Anthony's injuries. Um, But to me personally, I don't have a problem with it because I, I look back and say, okay, can he prevent these certain types of things from happening? And just specifically speaking about yesterday, I heard a lot about maybe he slowed up a little too early and that mm-hmm. caused the hit. But the way I look at it, the defender had an angle on him. And either way, he was going to get hit. Now, the way he got hit may have been the issue, but I don't think he could have did anything to prevent that. And so my question would be, are we being a little over, overly critical about these injuries and those things? Well, I, Ray, I'm not being critical. Thanks, Ray. I, I, yeah, I'm not being critical. I'm more being worried. That that's where yeah. I am with this. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just being, living in reality. Yeah, with I, it. I, I'm more worried that he's not finishing these games and everything's about him. And we've been talking about all the things around him. Ah, the skill guys, Jonathan Taylor, the O line, and everything else. And in the end, it's like okay, his availability. We need to start at ground one, right at number one, and that is him being out there. Now, I thought he slowed up some, and I was coming in here thinking, okay, sounds like well, he did not yeah, see the guy. Well, is I, what his teammates were saying. I, I I think that I think that's it. I think he slowed up and then he saw him and then he sped up. Uh, the it would be like the Tua thing. Tua this entire offseason has learned uh, what is it? He did jujitsu so he could learn how to take a hit so he could fall properly. I, I don't think Anthony Richardson was ready for that hit. Does that make sense? Otherwise, right. he could have covered up a little bit and probably protected himself a little bit more, and we wouldn't be in this situation. Well, I think that is fair. You know, until September. September 10th, let's go back to last week's season opener. Andy, Anthony Richardson's entire football career, guys have just pinballed off of him. 
I mean, he's just been the big brother with a bunch of little brothers in the backyard, even in the SEC. I mean, for the most part, I mean, in 80, 90% of those games, he is the biggest, baddest athlete on the field. And while his athleticism is beyond unique, even at the NFL level, those hits and the speed and the violence of those hits are just different. And if you look at the three of them, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I think two defensive backs have hit him in two of the three injuries. It's not like we haven't seen the big 280-pound defensive lineman laying on him in the pocket or you know anybody rolling up on him in the pocket. And that's where the Colts would, would counter. Shane Steichen's already been asked a whole lot about, you know, are you nervous about him running and the balance with that? Steichen would counter and say, well, the data shows that more you know, quarterbacks get hurt in the pocket than outside of the pocket. Well, sure, but, you know, obviously Peyton Manning's moments of being outside of the pocket are going to be a whole lot less than they are inside (laughs) of the pocket. And just the reality that you have to live with, Ray, is the dude has carried the ball 13 times in his NFL career, and on three of those 13, so nearly a quarter of them, he has suffered an injury. Stayed in the game, played through a knee injury, in week one, on the first ever NFL run of his career, and then we saw the the ankle injury he got there late in that game uh, against Jacksonville, and then obviously yesterday he has the concussion. So, I where I leave yesterday from Andy is, does this change his playing style at all? Going back to the Jalen Hurts thing that I mentioned to Joe Wrights earlier, Jalen Hurts has been pretty public in saying that when he after now playing in the NFL for a couple years, he's realized that when he gets in the open field, he's got to be a little bit more cognizant of getting down. You know, Joe brought up Marvin Harrison, those sorts of things. I think it's knowing the when you need to make those plays. Like, the play in Jacksonville late. I mean, you're down two scores. Is it the best thing in the world to scramble in that moment when the game is probably in doubt? And I know there's a ton of gray area here, and you don't want to remove this run element from him well, because it is such a big because part. Because you're up 14-0 because of the run element. Of, that, I mean, of, that's the side of it. Of yeah. who he is. So there's not an easy answer to this, but he has got to, I think, when he gets into some of those moments, just have even more of a awareness about him on where the hits are coming from and how to avoid those hits because until this point of his football career guys have bounced off of him these guys don't bounce off of you to that level anymore NFL speed NFL hits are different they've already started to add up and you would be absolutely naive if you don't have a question or concern about this moving forward because the goal with drafting Anthony Richardson is not to have a guy that plays for you for five quarters in his first two games and he exits the goal is you've drafted a guy that gives you a decade long run of high level playing and he was going to be a story of the NFL this week he was going to put up what four touchdowns in that game Yesterday, if he oh, plays that entire game, wait, two and six yeah, minutes. Yeah, I mean he's going to count for uh, four or five touchdowns. So you're telling me thirteen runs and the passing rhythm early on not, on that first I, drive was tremendous. I mean we haven't even talked about that, and you're exactly right. Thirteen runs. Um, he's had three injuries on those thirteen runs, but he's also had three touchdowns on the thirteen runs. <laughs> By the way, post game Steichen didn't say much. Here's all he said about Anthony Richardson. Yeah. The best 
Sorry about that. Obviously, went out in concussion protocol, but Gardner stepped in. Um, obviously, a veteran guy, knows the system, operates at a high level. Um, obviously, had two good drives there when he came in there and scored. Um, you know, four for four in the red zone with touchdowns was uh, really good to so see. So, he didn't say anything, basically. And, and Jim Irsay <laughs> did meet the media afterwards, um, and it was a pretty long Irsay quote. I've got it uh, in my story, if you guys want to check that out, on 1075thefan.com. But, I mean, he did acknowledge there's an element of you've got to protect yourself and self-protection is really important for Anthony Richardson and his playing style moving forward. They did say a reason why you pick him is because he's a big physical guy and you know that inevitably you're going to take a pounding. And, you know, Josh Allen is probably more of the comp when you look physically. Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, uh, size and stature-wise, that's not really a comp to Richardson. Allen would be more of that guy when you're talking about height and weight. Allen has been able to handle it pretty well. Boy, he takes a beat so man. far. Yeah, but Bills fans are worried every I, time. I mean, he's leaping guys. He's taking big hits. Exactly. And again, yeah. again that's why there are just some avoidable stuff with Allen where you got to know what quarter it is. You got to know down and distance. Fourth quarter, a big fourth down, a big third down, that changes for me. But early in the game, and again, I don't think he saw the guy yesterday. I agree with but you. But in that play, I don't know if you dive for the pylon, if you. You know, whatever. He ease up at the two, and that guy goes flying by you, and then you step him. Yeah, and then you kind of cut in. I think these are all things that I'm curious about. Of Trevor Lawrence telling you post game, protect yourself is one thing. Experiencing your first concussion in the NFL is another thing. Will these be eye-opening moments for Anthony Richardson? I want to ask you this, and we can even talk about this on the other side. I know we want to get to a check down and everything else. Uh, Just how much of this, KB, is silly talk from a bunch of guys like us talking sports? In other words, he needs to... We can say he needs to change his game a little bit, but the reason you also draft him is the reason is what you saw when he was playing so well, and it's fourteen nothing, and those types of plays are plays you don't want to eliminate him. it. Well, no. I mean, I, I, and that's the problem. It's like okay, you need to change, but 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 we still want you to run. I you know. need to change, KB. He's got to change, Anthony. You got to change, Anthony. You got to change. Okay, Anthony. Now go run and get a fifteen yard touchdown. You know what I'm saying? And so I just there's so much gray area. It, it's it's like a running back where it's like, you know, hang on to the football, hang on to the football, and then you're running the ball, and a safety's on your left leg, and and, and a linebacker comes through and punches the ball out. It's like, you can hold the football high and tight like Tiki Barber around the complex all week long, but when you got two guys hanging on your legs and a linebacker who's 253 pounds is punching the football, there's no training for that, right? I mean, they can only put you through so many drills, and that's why I, you know, I don't laugh at this up, but I'm like, Anthony, you need to change the way the, the way you play. Well, does Shane Steichen think that way? I mean, Shane Steichen's still drawing up runs for him. Is that is that is yeah. that going to change? Now, you know, if he had nine runs a game, is that going to go down? You know, not all those are scrambles where things have broken down and he has to go be Superman. I mean, the one uh, the, the the second touchdown was designed for yeah, Anthony two Richardson. Two of the three to score injuries are off of this are off of design runs. Exactly. So some of that is on coaching. The other thing is, man, when the bullets are flying out there, it's easy for us to say, oh, you got to change that. You can't, you can't do that. I mean, this guy's trying to, he's, he's trying to win games. He's trying to be special. He's trying to be different. It's just, uh, we're going to analyze this. And I just, I just wonder how much we sound silly that we're saying, Hey, uh, you know, change the change, how you're playing. And the way he plays is the reason that you drafted him fourth overall last year. 
here? There's really no simple answer, and no. I think that's what's frustrating for me and probably frustrating for you, Andy, and obviously all your Colts fans out there because there's not just this easy answer to it. If I had to just kind of boil it down to one thing, it would be altering the amount of hits and the type of hits you do take in the open field and living to see another down. And first and second and third quarter runs are different than fourth quarter two-minute drill of a Super Bowl. And again, I know there's gray area within that answer. Right. But I think that is where you'd like to see him take a step because you don't draft him four overall if you tell him he can't run. Yeah, that's not Anthony Richardson. So you, you you can't eliminate that fully, but how do you kind of alter it moving forward? I think that is an absolute must. All right, plenty more to get to on the Colts thirty one twenty winners. Obviously, a lot of Anthony Richardson chatter there. We'll get some of the real bright spots from yesterday as they got an eleven point victory over the Texans, and now they are one of three one and one teams in the AFC South through two weeks. Before we get to that, let's uh, do a morning check down. The morning checkdown. On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, college football. It was a tale of two halves inside of Lucas Oil Stadium, but as Indiana tried to complete a 21-point comeback against Louisville, it was uh, quite the play call on a fourth and goal out of a timeout, one of the more slower-developing plays for an IU rushing attack that had done nothing all game long. Uh, That Really didn't have a prayer of getting into the end zone there. Louisville was able then uh, to milk the clock the rest of the way. Jeff Brom continues his dominance over Indiana in his career. Speaking of Jeff Brom, his old team, the defensive effort, ugly again. They had no answer for Garrett Schrader as a dual-threat quarterback at all. Syracuse puts up 35 on Purdue. So 0-2 at home for the Boilers. They now have a short week with a Wisconsin team that does not look good at all coming up here on Friday. Andy, we were kind of saying this last week, late last week. Indiana and Purdue are facing important games if you want to think six wins is realistic. They both lost. It's going to be steep, steep climbs to get to that. Yeah, and I disagreed a little bit with, uh, with I almost call him Jack Doyle, with uh, with Greg with Greg Doyle. I, I don't think Taven Jackson is going to save anyone's job. The buyout for Tom Allen and the um, lethargic nature of the IU football fan base is what's going to save Tom Allen there. I wanted to bring up as well, do you see that uh, Nick Saban's out of the top 25 for the first time. It's like, what, two, uh, 2013? And your boy's on the hot seat. Mark, I don't know if you've seen this. Is this uh, Tommy Reese? Tommy Reese is on the hot seat. Yeah, I don't know. Why. Oh, boy. I, I like Tommy Reese as an offensive mind. You I don't might know, be the only one. I don't know what he thought in thinking Tyler Buckner was going to come to Alabama. <laughs> And potentially oh, save Oh, man. Day. How ugly is that if you're Alabama fans living like the rest of us? You know what Alabama is? They they hit the uh, the jackpot. They won, they won the Powerball or jackpot, you know, all the, the lotteries, okay? And then they spent all the money, and now they're living like the rest of us in a rain delay, 3-3 against South Florida. Welcome to the rest of college football. Them playing at South Florida. <laughs> Lane Kiffin's already running his mouth for this matchup this weekend. Looking ahead to Saturday, I think you've oh. got a half dozen ranked matchups. Again, as Mark and I said on Friday. That was pumpkin patch weekend for you. Mm-hmm. Make sure you took care of business over the weekend. You're going to want the remote all Saturday long. What's the pumpkin patch rule? Have you guys been? It, it feels a little early for the pumpkin oh, patch. Apple Orchard pumpkin oh, patch. When you, when you looked at the college football slate on Saturday, that was the day That's to the take weekend. care of all uh-huh. of the pictures and all you need to do on that end. Get through it <laughs> and look ahead to what you've got coming up on Saturday. We did the pumpkin patch. We did the orchard. It was like, check, check. <laughs> so you already got the pumpkin patch out of the way. We are done. 
for the bun. Oh yeah, the we, fall pictures are done. We know what is lying ahead this this Saturday. You guys put the flannel on and did the pumpkin oh, yeah. patch. I, I still had a Notre Dame uh, shirt uh, okay. on. But yeah. Okay, Colorado, Oregon, UCLA, Utah, Ole Miss, Alabama. I'm looking here. Those are Arkansas, LSU, Oregon State, Washington State. Those are, and then of course Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State, Iowa. There's some games this weekend. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. There's some games this weekend. Here, give, give us the sounder. Uh, looking ahead to the final 11 here in Major League Baseball. I guess it kind of differs on some teams. I know for the Red Legs, they've got 11 left. Uh, the Cubs have lost five in oh. a row, so they are now out of the playoff oh. picture. Excuse me, Mark. I wasn't done there. Move, they are now out along. of the playoff picture for the first time in quite some time. Cubs have 12 games left. So how the wild card looks, you've got the Phillies in the top spot. Up three. Arizona is in second now as they sweep the Cubs. They're up a half game. The Marlins and Chicago are tied for third with Miami having that tiebreaker. And the Reds are a half game back. I guess we got to include the Giants. The Giants are two back. The Reds got the Twinkies coming up this week. And the Cubs have the Pirates. Oh. Marlins have 12 games left as well. Doubleheader tonight in the NFL. Saints, Panthers, Browns, Steelers. How do we feel about that? New Orleans favored by a field goal. I think I'm going to take both the home teams. Cleveland favored by two on the road in Pittsburgh. You're getting points? I know. The over-under, what do you think? Do you know what the over-under is for that one? Have you guys looked I, I, for Steelers, Browns? I believe both is under 40. Is that I'm right? I'm going to say the over-under is like 38 and a half. It's 38, and then the Panthers, Saints is 39 and a half. Welcome. Welcome to offensive football. That's why you put the, two games on Monday. Night. Like, well, they, they both suck. At least you got two games. I love the doubleheader Monday night. The more, That's, the merrier. For and me. we got one next week too, right? Yeah, yes, we back do. Back to back weekends. Yes, we do. Back to back weekends on that. All right. On the other side, let's get back into the Colts conversation. Certainly, a lot of positives to take away from yesterday as well. We'll touch on that. Get to your calls three one seven two three nine. 1070 still need to do our fan tweets of the game. It is a beautiful Monday here in Indianapolis. Thanks for tuning in. The Wake Up Call, KB and Andy on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. 239-1070, hanging out with you a little over halfway through Reaction Monday here on The Fan. The Colts winners, a lot of Anthony Richardson talk. We'll continue that. KB, I know you guys, uh, maybe, you know, obviously uh, we were introducing our son into the world last week. Not sure how much you guys mentioned at all. It's a story right up my alley. How much have you guys talked about Travis Kelsey hanging out with Taylor Swift? At all? Any? I think we had a brief mention okay. of it. Is this official official? I, I don't mean, think so. I I mean, she was on the private jet with him, was she not? No, that's a was fake that a, photo. Was that a fake you got photo? Got. I got I get got by the internet. <laughs> yeah, but they are hanging out, are they not? How about that? That doesn't move the needle for you fellas at all? Is she in the pool in Jacksonville <laughs> celebrating the win on Sunday? With a bunch of guys with cargo shorts on. How did Kelsey look? He had a touchdown. Did he? Yeah, he looked good. He looked like Travis Kelsey. Scoring touchdowns. He might have had two touchdowns. By the way, the Chiefs, not impressing. Not impressive, I should say, at all. Oh, I mean, that was a road win over Jacksonville. But you, but you, can't, but you can't write them off. The Jaguars' defense is tough. Well, don't worry. Again, they're going to put 50 on the Bears on Sunday, so don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I, Ooh, I think, the Chiefs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, 0-3. Now you've got three <laughs> teams in the AFC South all at 1-1. One and one. Uh, Houston, of course, at 0-2. I uh, do want to get to a few you know, positives from yesterday. I know we talked a lot about Richardson and that injury situation. Again, Zach Moss... Um, Andy, I can't stress this enough to our listeners. Zach Moss played 56 of 57 snaps yesterday. I'd be willing to bet Jonathan Taylor hasn't done that more than 
boy, three or four times in his career, if that. It is super rare in today's NFL to see one running back be on the field for that long. And Zach Moss is not some three-down back. He's not Saquon Barkley. He's not even Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, whoever you want to talk about here. Um, Now, part of this is certainly an indictment of what the Colts thought Deion Jackson gave them in week one, or even Jake Funk. They were going to ride Zach Moss uh, like no other. And if you look at the performance from Moss... I mean, 4.8, 4.9 yards per carry. Um, I thought he had some really important runs there late when Houston was starting to create some game pressure. You know, that home crowd is trying to get back into it. Um, the first guy does not often bring down Moss. We talked about it last week. Tree trunks for, for legs. I think you see that. He's obviously not a game breaker. I mean, his long run yesterday couldn't have been more than 10 or 11 yards. Uh, yeah, 11 yards was his long run. Uh, but I thought really, really important to not only alleviate some stuff off of Richardson's plate, but obviously when Minshew came in there, you want to make sure that you still have that run element. So major hat tip to Zach Moss um, for his performance. You, When you think uh, tree trunk for legs, you think of A.J. Dillon first? Is <laughs> yeah, is yeah. that right? Yeah, the Green sure. Bay Packer, A.J. Dillon? For legs, yeah, then. that might be the case. Well, you know what's interesting to me about Moss is, you know, I yelled and screamed about it last week when Deion Jackson had such a terrible game. It was like, yo, dude, this is a big opportunity for you, right? Like, you know there's going to be four weeks here with no Jonathan Taylor, and let's be honest, there's probably going to be more than four weeks without Jonathan Jonathan Taylor. At that point, Zag Moss was still injured, wasn't going to be playing week one. If nothing else, you would be in rotation with him. And the other guys on the roster are completely unproven. And we saw the injuries there building up. And so Moss did what Deion Jackson did not do. And that's, you know, kind of take hold of the opportunity. To me, the other side of it is if you're going to play Deion Jackson zero snaps, do you go get someone else? We talked about going to get someone else to add to that room. I mean, if you're playing Deion Jackson zero snaps, and I know it's just one game, and Steichen may say, well, you know, Moss was running. We're, we're going with the hot hand, right? You know, he said that when you're running back by committee, you go with the hot hand. But, I mean, I think if, if you ain't going to play Deion Jackson, then you need to start thinking about going to get somebody so you can at least – I mean, playing Moss every single snap is not going to be something no, you do. No, no, it's no, no. It's not. not sustainable. Now, is it sustainable for two more weeks? And we can get more to the Jonathan wow. Taylor thing tomorrow because we did see, you know, his first public reaction, I guess, to his ankle rehab. There's no need to really address it today. We can get to it a little bit more as the week moves along as we've reached now the halfway point of Taylor on the pup list. A um, couple other guys that I think should mention. I thought Josh Downs and Will Mallory, a couple rookie skill guys, had some moments that you like to see. Uh, as well. We mentioned the offensive line with Joe Wrights. Um, I thought if there's one area Houston could impact the game, it was with their edge guys. I know Will Anderson Nothing. drew that. Um, yeah, but he didn't do anything. He drew that holding penalty, but yeah. that was it. That's it. Um, for the game, zero sacks, just one quarterback hit for the entire Texans operation. And that one hit was from Anderson there. Uh, but I mean, we're talking about 33 pass attempts and no hits, or excuse me, no sacks and one hit allowed. And then lastly, um, as expected, on paper, it was the biggest reason why I was most confident in the Colts winning this game by two scores. I thought the defensive line for Indianapolis should dominate, given the fact that Houston was down four offensive line starters. That is really hard to see in Week 2 of the NFL, a team already having to shift four guys around up front. And I thought your D-line set the tone early. Like, when you had the Ebukam... Well, the first play of the game, Grover Stewart, tackle for loss. Boom. And then you get the third down. Ebukam gets a strip. 
Di- or, uh, gets a sack. Dio Dangbo gets a punch out. Quiddy Pay falls on him. So three different guys contribute to that play. When Richardson ran into the end zone of 14 nothing, I thought to myself, Andy, this is over. I mean, you got a two-score lead against an offensive line with four different starters in there. And your defensive line, I think, has shown the ability to take advantage of those sorts of situations. Um, I I guess it, there was a moment there where Houston was kicking a field goal to cut it to one possession with, whatever, two minutes to go in the game. But six sacks, nine quarterback hits. I thought your defensive line really set the tone to complement your offense early on. Um, so job well done to that group. I tell you what, if you're C.J. Stroud, I think he threw the ball 44 times week one, and he threw it 47 times. <laughs> that's not that's not the recipe no. for them, and for I them to think, win games. I think Damian Pierce is a decent running back. I just think they're offensive line. And again, their I mean, offensive line they're down right four now. starters. Right. I mean, if the Colts were down four starters on their, on their own line. Moss would have had 25 yards They'd be on in Sunday. the same boat. You'd be right. praying for Anthony Richardson. So um, I'll be curious to see how they look when they have a healthy group in front of Stroud, because I think Stroud showed yesterday, Andy, when you give him time, he's solid. He is. He yeah. can make some plays, and um, he certainly attacked Errol Baker Jr. a whole lot. That'll be a storyline to watch as we head into Week Three. Uh, but yeah, I mean they are decimated within their offensive line, and then I think you saw it at times safety wise, missing both their starting safeties. Um, they went down to their fourth and fifth guy because their third stringer got hurt in the game as well. Um, that is uh, obviously not a recipe for success at all. Quickly, on, on the positives, I think we were wondering about Steichen and, you know, as a coach, and I think he did some really good things yesterday. We've talked about the offensive line, and, you know, I, I thought yesterday was a big positive oh, for them. Oh, very good, yeah. Uh, yeah. We've talked about Zach Moss, and I think that's a positive. And then another thing we talked about, you know, before the season, evaluating things, the defensive line. You know, and both, you know, made, you know, had moments in that Jacksonville game. Obviously, you think of the return for a touchdown with Buckner and everything, and then, you know, they wreaked havoc yeah. for the most part and, and yesterday doing- as well. Doing what you should, doing what the expectation should be there. Jacksonville a little banged up. Houston really banged up. Okay, what does that mean? Your defensive line takes advantage of that. It's one thing to say that on a Friday morning wake-up call, KB Dandy. It's one thing to look at that on paper and say that's an advantage, but you still have to go out there and do it. And I thought in the Jacksonville game, and especially yesterday, you did that. We'll obviously continue to monitor that as the year moves along. All right, some stuff to look forward to the rest of the way. We'll give our fan tweet reactions. I know we got some calls to get to as well. Our goat and goats of the week. Uh, We will get to all of that coming up here. It is the wake up call with KB and Andy on a beautiful Monday in Indy. Thought, thought that was uh, Mark Dykton giving us some evanescence or something there on the uh, on the way in. There we go, spinning something over there. Mark <laughs> yes, Dykton. he is. Uh, he has he has angst built up with his team, so he's got to go back <laughs> yeah, to that. Uh-huh. Two, That's three. what he listened to after the uh, Justin Fields end zone interception yesterday. <laughs> Two, three. Just a bunch of like hard rock and then Ed Sheeran to like try to like <laughs> call my nerves. Two, three, nine, ten, seventy. Uh, let's knock out some phone calls. We'll keep it going. Five word headlines coming up in the nine o'clock hour. We'll also have our goats of the week and Justin Fields might be one of ours we shall see uh, let's go out to Paul here on the fan on this reaction Monday Paul what's happening not much good morning gentlemen Andy I want to congratulate you and welcome to you to the thank you fraternity of fatherhood thank you KB I like to wish you a very happy birthday thank you Paul appreciate that yeah it's been a fun little Monday here celebrating certainly uh, Mason much more than birthday number 34 but nonetheless thank you Paul all right. Now, that being said, Daryl Baker 
is lost out there on the defensive field. Uh, he's always trailing the his offensive player. Always. Like I was telling Mark, he reminds me of Eugene Daniel from way back in the day. Eugene Daniel was always trailing and then playing catch-up and coming in after somebody else would slow the guy down and help make the tackle. He should not be out there just like Deion Jackson should not be out there. If we have to continue to play him, the Colts secondary is going to continue to look bad because he is bringing that unit down by himself. Uh, that being said, I love the fight that the defensive line had. I love how the offense played yesterday. And I feel like even without Anthony Richardson, if we have to play without him next week, we do have a chance against uh, the Ravens. Uh, I'm not counting the Colts out by any means. And as long as the defense of line plays like they play and we can get Juju Brent or somebody in there for Daryl Baker, I think the Colts have a chance of winning next week against the Ravens. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate Some optimism. That. I like Gotta that. Gotta love the, you know. Optimism. Congrats, Andy. Happy birthday. <laughs> Daryl Baker sucks. You know, that's as that, soon as we're. That's Sports Talk Radio, That KB. is Sports Talk Radio from Paul right there. I didn't think we'd get a Eugene Daniel bingo card <laughs> reference this early on a Monday, but nonetheless, we have. Um, Third quarters are tough, man. Let's go to Juju Brents because that is a question I've gotten quite a lot here in the last 24 hours. Andy, he's been a healthy scratch each of the last two weeks. He did miss the practice, the Friday practice, right before the Jacksonville game due to a personal matter. Outside of that, he's pretty much practiced every single day for about the past three to four-ish weeks, and that is a massive improvement from he just wasn't available at all in the offseason. So now, and this is a good question that I'll throw Gus Bradley's way tomorrow when the coordinators meet the media, but you know, now he's practiced for several weeks in a row. What do you want to see? Like, or what does he need to show, I guess, to earn some playing time? Because, yes, Baker Jr. certainly struggled. C.J. Stroud clearly was picking on him. Um, yeah, trailing, I think that's a good observation. I He missed a couple big tackles yesterday that allowed Nico Collins to get some yards after catch. And, you know, there were moments yesterday where you looked at him and you're like, oh, yeah, that's why he went undrafted. I mean, he's got the size, but from a speed standpoint, the makeup speed, that probably is not there um, to that point. I still think on the depth chart, Jalen Jones, the seventh-round pick, out of AM would be ahead of them. Uh, and we'll see if the Colts re-kick the tires on Darius Rush. Kansas City did cut him to make move, I think to make the move for Chris Jones, actually, over the weekend. Um, maybe Rush will be back on Kansas City's practice squad. Who knows? But, you know, that is a name that you could uh, look back into. Yeah, I think Brents and company, who's going to be that other corner there? I, I think that's a sneaky, important thing that we talk about. Obviously, Anthony Richardson, what they do at running back, some of the other injuries, O-line, we talk a lot about that. Uh, but I think that's, I think that's spot on. And I think Brent's being such a high pick is someone that people want to see. Uh, quickly, before we go to break, Nick up next on the fan on this Reaction Monday. Nick, what's happening? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. KB, happy birthday. And Andy, welcome. Mazel tov. Congratulations. Thank you That's so crazy. much. Thanks, Appreciate Nick. It. Always good to hear your voice. Yeah, good. It's been a long time, but um, I'll just say this real quick. Okay, first a compliment. I got to hand to Chris Ballard. The, the acquisition of Gardner Minshew was great because last year we were talking about you can't value the depth of backup enough, especially in this modern NFL. So I think getting him was a great insurance policy. Not the long term, but a sustainable insurance policy. Now, that being said, Steichen wants to win. but I And, and the fact is, he's working with what he has. And and the thing, and here's the thing: he wants to win. They're going to try to win. They're not going to lay. They're not going to lay down for Marvin Harrison Jr. And I believe more in Steichen than our GM. 
He's working with the weaponry he has. And the fact of the matter is that he's drawing up these plays because we don't have we, – we're not sustaining Anthony Richardson. Everyone, now, that looks different for everybody. Sometimes you got to rebuild your line to support and sustain your quarterback. Sometimes you need exhaust valves. This kid needs exhaust valves, and we don't have them, whether it be Pittman or lack of Taylor. And I want to ask one question. If we repeat the sins of Andrew Luck because we do not support this kid – where do the fans go, Kevin? Because the one thing I can say is this fan base has been traumatized by the negligence of the front office. And if we lose Anthony Richardson to another Andrew Luck-like injury, where do the fans go? Your thoughts. Thanks, guys. Congratulations. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate that. That's the worry. That's what Bob Kravitz wrote about, by the way. Yeah. That's the worry. And I think it's a very fair point. You know, the, the, the drafting and making such a unique selection is one thing. And then what happens after that? Development and support. And those are the two biggest pieces to, I think, why quarterbacks ultimately fail. I think you could point to a lot of these guys drafting the top 10. And sure, maybe their own makeup is what held them back. But I think proper development and proper support also are huge, huge factors in this. And right now with Richardson, I would say it's twofold. Certainly, it's the personnel around him. That is the one that Nick just mentioned, and I think that's the biggest area where I have a question of, okay, how is this going to look around him over the next handful of years? But I also think, again, you can't ignore what has happened through these five quarters in that there's got to be an altering of his playing style. I don't say a full wholesale change, but there's got to be an altering of of that playing style from him. That is absolutely paramount to make sure he proves that he can be available for the long run. Um, all right, uh, in the 9 o'clock hour, we'll get to our fan tweets from the game, also our goats from the weekend. We'll do all that coming up here. It's a wake-up call, KB and Andy, on a Monday. Yeah, that's the sights. Those are the sights and sounds of yesterday. The Colts get the win. We continue to react with you on the fan 9 o'clock hour. Reminder, a couple different things. We'll have our uh, goats of the weekend plus five-word headlines, so get those in, and uh, we'll be reading those here shortly. A couple different things I just wanted I just wanted to mention uh, before we dive back into the game. Uh, watching Mostert, uh, Rashid Mostert. The uh, Purdue product. Uh, uh, Purdue product ball out. I just keep thinking, oh, if uh, Jonathan Taylor would have went to Miami, that offense is humming right now, uh, and they're running, they're able to run the football as well, and that's without Jonathan Taylor. I think tomorrow we'll dive into it. We did over the weekend uh, get a video, ah, the workout, vi- the rehab video from Jonathan Taylor. Uh, we can dive into that, but obviously the Colts get the win, all the positives, and then the elephant in the room, the Anthony Richardson injury, going to be touch and go this week. I would imagine we're not going to get too much information until later in the week uh, at all. And we've talked uh, a lot about that. I wanted to bring up, and I don't know how much you guys mentioned this on Wednesday and Thursday, probably specifically Wednesday and Thursday. But so the injury to Aaron Rodgers happens last week and the... ESPN coverage. They were covering him like he died. Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. now what died was the primetime game uh, viewership. That's yeah. what may have died for some of these games. It's like the death of the Pope. Well, and, and poor Jim Nance was trying to make it sound like it was an interesting game between the the, the Cowboys and Jets yesterday. And I'm like, and he knew, you know, I mean, he, Garrett Wilson had the long touchdown and he tried to make it sound like uh, it could be a game. But the reason I bring it up, and I've even seen some of it today, and that is, Hey, if you're the Jets, you reach out to the Colts and Gardner Minshew. And I happen to think that Gardner Minshew 
has, and we talked about this before I went on my uh, baby break uh, last week, and that is, I mean, he has value to any team. He's got a lot of value, and you saw that yesterday with the Colts. Him and Steichen are on the same wavelength, so the thought that you can just throw Minshew into any offense, the Nathaniel Hackett offense, whatever that is in New York, and he's going to be the same player, uh, I think that is a fallacy. And the other thing, we've talked about this with the balance of you know playing Richardson, what's going to happen in the Baltimore game, and and kind of the worry of him, you know, the dance that you have of this is all about him this season, but the guys out there, the coaching staff and the players, they're also trying to win games. I, I think the, the thought of the Colts moving Gardner Minshew, which I don't think is ever going to happen, for a fifth-round pick is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that's just how I view it. I mean, Gardner Minshew is a good player. He's a good teammate. He can win you a game. Uh, I think he's good for Anthony Richardson. I just, he checks all the boxes of what I would want as a backup quarterback, and he understands when AR is back, whether it's this week, whether it's next week, whenever it is, that he's going to be the backup. But he's also going to be a backup that is ready. And so I I think, listen, you don't want to see him. The Minshew mania is a fun thing that maybe other teams have have had, and and you don't want that here in Indy. I mean, we have been very clear with that, but uh, I think this thought of moving him for a sixth-round pick uh, so he can go to the Jets is ridiculous. I I do, and I think Minshew is exactly what this team needs, and it's exactly what this team needs because, and we've talked about it, He's AR's going to miss games. He's going to miss snaps, and we know that, and we've seen that through week one and two. Yeah, and I'll just add a couple things. I, I, I would agree with that statement Andy um, you know you would like to think that I think Gardner Minshew would be your backup for a couple of years and you'd like to get to a point as a franchise to where you're playing some meaningful games in the month of December early January and if you need Minshew in a pinch um, I, I think he's proven in this league that he could give you something and that's important to have once you get to that point I, I don't know if you're there this season but you know maybe you will be in 2024 2025 something like that and Minshew's still very young in his NFL career as well the other thing that I think is important with Minshew he lets you evaluate the other guys on your roster like Oh well, he's throwing balls on target, and guys have got to catch it, and guys have got to make plays in space. Like it's not just a total bleep show, like it is when some backup quarterbacks get in the game. There's some competency to him at quarterback. I mean, yesterday's 19 of 23, and so the fact that you can still evaluate Michael Pittman in a contract year, Alec Pierce in year two, you know, some of these tight ends on the roster, those are things that I think are important as well when you have a young team. You're trying to find building pieces around. Like why would they move your, him for a fifth, for a fifth round for a fifth round six round pick? Like I understand everyone's just saying that odd. Like I don't feel like. I guess I just don't feel like the Colts have. I just would be shocked thrown if they in the did se- They just thrown in the season, and the Minshew can just go anywhere and pick up an offense, like and, and just oh, he'll just fit in Nathaniel Hackett's offense. Well, I know what Shane Steichen does without you know the you know obviously Anthony Richardson leaves. You're not going to be running Minshew. The offense does change, but like the version 2.0, the backup version of Shane Steichen's offense. I mean, Minshew's been with him a couple years now. I, I just like to and me, clearly him. And Richardson have a relationship dating back to their working out. Yeah, uh, I, I just I just don't see in the it. off seasons. So I, I just think don't see it that way. It's important too. Um, going back to yesterday, Andy, when you know you were out last week, Mark and I and James Boyd and I, we try to harp on like 
I don't think I'll have many of these moments this season where I'm like very focused on a win or a loss. But I did entering yesterday because I think the Colts were approaching a bit of a complacency within the AFC South that honestly is pretty pathetic that the franchise was even hovering around that. And it's a dangerous game to play when you are having a new era at quarterback and as a franchise as a whole of like, man, you've really only won one of your last eight divisional games. I mean, the Colts hadn't won a game by two scores in you know over a year. You have to go back to that Patriots game in week, week 15 of 2021. So, yes, Houston's a bad team. Yes, Houston was really banged up. But still, winning games in the NFL on the road by multiple scores is not a given. And I would say anybody that watched that game yesterday – I mean, the Colts really manhandled Houston. I mean, that was a yeah. uh, 11 points. I don't even know if that fully does it justice for how I felt like the Colts played in that game. That, to me, was more of a 17-20-point yeah. kind of beatdown in, in what you had yesterday. So I think we do need to make sure that in a season where wins and losses aren't the end-all, be-all, in my opinion, when you when these moments happen, it should be complimented and it should be commended for performances that, frankly, this franchise hasn't had in quite some time, let alone within the AFC South. you got to go back to your last road win in the division, which was in Houston back in that 2021 season, for them to have, I think, such a 60-minute kind of in-control sort of effort there. So I know there are other storylines Richardson's injury, you know, you know, play of Minshew, play of Zach Moss, stuff that we've hit on here or there. But I also think we need to acknowledge that the Colts, as a franchise, have not experienced what they did yesterday in quite some time. So, again, kudos to them for that, how they react to that, and what will be, I think, one of their tougher games of the season coming up this Sunday in Baltimore. As they're already, I think they are already are a touchdown underdog, touchdown plus underdog. I'm sure the Richardson injury situation has a decent amount to do with that. Um, that was, I think, much needed considering how much losing was starting to seep into things. Well, I, I want you to I want you to think about this. If we come in here and Anthony Richardson goes out, it's 14-0, okay? And Richardson goes out of the game and the Texans come back and win the game. What are the narratives? Oh, that C.J. Stroud's better than Anthony Richardson. That Shane Steichen... Yeah, the, the, the Colts Sh- can't yeah, close. Yeah, that Shane Steichen is this or that. I'm not screaming about... Gardner Minshew being a valuable <laughs> being a valuable commodity for the Colts, right? And and being 0-2 uh, is crippling in this league, is it not? We always talk about it. Again, the Colts aren't trying to fight for a playoff spot, we don't think. But being 0-2, we would walk in here. I mean, we'd be taking phone calls all morning, KB. Would we not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, they, yeah. if they were 0-2 and they gave up a two-touchdown lead and Anthony Richardson exited the game and Shane Steichen got out coached in the final three quarters, and guess what? None of those things happen. None of those things. And you probably lose the game. Zach Moss probably doesn't have the game that he had yesterday. Doesn't have a big touchdown run. I, I just, I mean, to me, you're exactly right. Listen, in the NFL, it's a bottom-line business. It's still about winning, and that's why it's always been it, it like this is going to be the toughest thing I deal with in the next several weeks because I think after Baltimore, and listen, I think they can hang in the Baltimore game. I do not expect them with or without Richardson for them to win next Sunday. We'll see what happens. Um, but Rams, Titans, Jags again. Uh, I mean, right in that game against Jacksonville last week, Jacksonville scored nine points, didn't score a touchdown with all those weapons and uh, and and. 
everything. Doug Peterson as the coach and Trevor Lawrence uh, and everything else. They're winnable games. And we've talked so much and we talked a lot in the 8 o'clock hour. Um, and you mentioned it. You know, it's all about Anthony Richardson. And then you get into the season and it is about Anthony Richardson. But these guys want to win damn football games. They just sure. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they just do. And you did that on Sunday. And to me, defensive line has passed the test. For, you know, for the most part, the first two weeks. Well, they, they I would have. say pass the test has been handed to them. There will be better tests. I mean, again, well, you just, just played an weeks. offensive line that had four backups in there. So you, you can only do what's put in front of you. And so far, they have handled that. There will be obviously stiffer tests here uh, upcoming. All right, should we do some fan tweets of the yeah, game? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. All right, as always, bring this up. Mark Dykton here? fires out the tweet post game of in five words or less, describe what you see. Let's share some of our favorites right now. I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. Ripped from the headlines of the newspaper. We'll do it live! F*** it. Post-game headlines. F***ing thing sucks! I don't know if you guys felt this way, but scrolling through some of them, it was kind of that push and pull of, yes, you had some people really happy about the win, but then... You can't fully get away from you know what happened early in that game with losing Anthony Richardson. So I'll start here with Barry. Uh, a W at what cost? <laughs> Barry, I like that. Are we making berries anymore? Should I? Oh, name Barry my... called him for a pop quiz, right? Did, did he really? Yeah. Uh-huh. I like the name Barry. Mm-hmm. I, don't, oh, yeah. I don't have any berries in my Shout life. Shout out to Barry Ma- Flynn. Maybe he went to the okay. Stucky Farms. Maybe he did Look over at- the weekend. Remember? Mm. Oh, Barry was our uh, pop quiz winner who got the yeah, I believe four so. pack of tickets uh-huh. on that. Uh-huh. Was he yeah. out at the pumpkin? You're telling me Barry is at the pumpkin patch? Well, yes. Uh, well, we had the owner, Jeff, uh, very generous, uh, give away or call in and said he was listening and said, hey, here's a four pack to come out to the Apple Orchard. Oh, pumpkin that's fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was there great. you go. Uh, Chris says Colts minchewed through the Texans. <laughs> yeah, I guess they did. I guess they did. Michael says only in the AFC South. Hey, leave the AFC South alone. Uh, another one yeah. from Michael. Andrew Luck all over again. I think that was you a buy that? popular one. Do you buy that or is that just fans? And understandably so, being you know a little hyper giving that the last time they had a franchise quarterback, what happened? I think it is a fair statement to make. Um, I don't think it's exactly apples to apples. I mean, if you recall, Andrew Luck's really first big injury didn't occur until, what, his fourth NFL season? 2015 was the year uh, when he um, suffered that big hit from Jarrell Casey and and injured his shoulder, and that was in the pocket. So again, I don't think it's exactly the same, but the wear and tear of those hits adding up, I think that is something similar. Uh, How about this from Chris? We won't get Harrison Jr., Oh. That was a pie in the sky to begin with, I'd say. Uh, is it damned but, if you do, damned if you don't. But hey, maybe Mark's bear as well. Oh, yeah. Colts fan, uh, learn to slide was one. Uh, where'd the other one go that I just saw? He did get jacked up, man. MJ Stewart, he hit him. Uh, Corey oh. Hall says, it's Houston. Calm down. Which, But again, you beat the teams that are in front of you. Yes. You, you, you play who's on the schedule. Yeah, but we so. talked to, I, I agree with that, but I understand that even if you're like an but outside But is anyone fan, saying but, 10 wins right now? No. What, no. I think, no, I still simply, have them at like five wins. I'm the same. Two things. Simply, what is put in front of you, first off, and then two, when's the last time the Colts have beaten anybody in the NFL, let alone a team by two scores? That was your first win in what? Eight in a row? Nine in a row? Isn't that how many losses? the Col- you got to go back to Jeff Saturday's first game. 
Yeah, yeah. I the can, last time I can the Colts look it up, yeah, won it. a football game, period. So <laughs> let me take get, the wins as you can get. Yes, them. It could it be is, a lot worse. November 13th. They didn't beat Houston last year. November so. 13th was your last win. And that was the Raiders, right? Yeah, yeah. Taylor had 147 yards. Uh, our guy Aaron says, Uncle Rico to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> Matty Bone, a big fan of Gardner Mitchell. Uh, Brad, uh, Steichen is good for Indy. Yeah, I thought Shane Steichen was really, mm-hmm. really on it yesterday. I tell you, and I, I, I like Steichen. You know, my man Dayball, I like him. Uh, and uh, I, I just, I have a man crush on McDaniel. In, uh, in, How about in, him in, sprinting to the locker room in, in at Miami? He's so weird. He's so non. Uh, he's so non man Campbell. He really is so non man Campbell. Shout out to our guy Joey Molinero. He had an unbelievable picture and caption to it. It was uh, McDaniel and Belichick. Uh, talking at, I believe, the NFL owners' meeting. So both in like kind of you know summery Florida yeah. type of attire. And Joey's caption was, uh, "This is what it looks like when you meet your girl's dad for the first time." <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Uh, uh, I got one more right here. This is a little okay. bit of, uh, a look ahead to Sunday. This is from Laura uh, Lamar's throwing for five hundred on Sunday. No, he's not. He's not throwing for five hundred. Uh, Craig Sh- says should mention last time the Colts played the Ravens. Lamar Jackson threw for over 400 did, did, did in one he, of the yeah, really? best games There's of a bit his of a track NFL career. There. Carson uh, Wentz also had over 400 that night, which shows you how wild that game was. Craig says Minshew the reliever gets the win. Is that what he is? He's the reliever? That's not bad. He's been called worse, I'm sure. Uh, Ron points out here, and this is uh, just... It, in reaction to, okay, people saying learning to slide is mind-numbing. He was literally walking into the end zone, <laughs> had nothing to do with sliding. Yeah, I think we can maybe remove that play from it and just say plays in general of him in the open field, do we see more of a, I'm going out of bounds, I'm diving, I'm sliding, those sorts of things. Like We don't have to focus just solely on that play. We can focus on in 13 carries so far this season, three different hits have led to three different injuries. So how do you start to avoid lessen the impact of those injuries? Sliding is an option. Again, I don't think he ever saw that defender yesterday, but if he sees that defender... Two things. Does he brace for impact a little bit better than that's, he clearly and, and that's did? That's what I think, yes. Or does he just dive for the pylon? Because at that point, you're, you are 6'4", 230. If you dive there, that guy is not going to come with the same sort of force and impact that he did. Again, so much gray area with all of this, Andy. But these are things that I am curious. Now that Richardson has started to deal with it, how does he react he did have I, I should mention this he did have one concussion at florida that was in 2021 so you know yeah. for a 21 year old quarterback it, it's this is two concussions it will just be something to monitor as we move forward uh Ste- has steichen i'm trying to remember now we talked about anthony richardson changing his game i know you're dialed into these press conferences has steichen been asked is he going to change the way he, he runs the offense with Anthony Richardson, and maybe it looks a little bit more like Minshew because the second touchdown where he got hurt, and we've mentioned this, two of the three runs that he's been injured in have been designed runs. Yeah, They, I, they have not been him freeballing, I guess you could say. I get the vibe that he will not. Now, again, once your quarterback starts to go through it, who knows? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Jalen Hurts have the most carries of any quarterback in the NFL last year? I mean, him. Sure, him, yeah, I would him, have to look it up, but I'm sure he did. Him or Fields. But so, I mean, clearly, 
nothing happened there. And that's a Philly offense that they don't need Jalen Hurts to run as much as he did. They have a whole lot of weapons around him. Obviously, Richardson's situation is a little bit different. But Shane Sykin, and I said this earlier, but I guess it's worth bringing up again, Andy. When Shane Sykin has been asked about the balance and utilizing a running quarterback and how much you do, he will counter with, the statistics show that quarterbacks are more likely to get hurt inside the pocket than outside the well, pocket. Well, that's what happened to Lamar Jackson last year, for instance. And, and you could point to that, too, but I think open field hits where guys can get some head of steam on you in these full running starts, I mean, those also add. And that's what happened on the concussion. I think that's what happened on the play that knocked him out of the game last week there at the end. So, uh, Steichen is not one of these. Steichen's got a little Bruce Arians to him, and and... You know, I think when you talk about the demise of Andrew Luck's career, Bruce Arians' rookie mindset of five, seven-step drop him to to death, and he'll and he'll just take those hits. That kind of set the tone for Luck's entire career. Uh, I know Arians wasn't with them very long. In a way, I think Steichen kind of has this of like, screw it. We draft the number four overall because he can run it. Now, that's how that's how I feel. Yeah. Again, once that's your QB is on the sideline and once he's on the mend a little bit, and you are the head coach, and this is the face of your franchise, like Shane Steichen was the play caller in Philly, and this might be way overstepping it by by me in, in, in saying this, but in a way, Jalen Hurts was his ticket to getting the head coaching job. He's got the head coaching job now. Anthony Richardson is his ticket to keeping that head coaching job so are you more protective of him now because you've got the job but the only way you keep the job is if you keep that guy available I, I that is something that I'm curious about with Hertz I don't know it sounds like I'm calling him like a hired gun but in, in a way it's like well I'm the play caller here like once we have success I'm just going and being a head head coach that might be a pretty dumb statement by me to even make but that's a thought that just popped up. Hertz had 165 carries last year. He's got 21 through a couple weeks this year. Just throwing that out there. Speaking of hard hits, uh, did you guys? Okay, two things. Mo Alley Cox. He only had the one catch for 15 yards, but running that running, guy got concussed he, on the play. Yeah, oh, did he? Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't know who he, was he knocked ran, out of the game. I, yeah, I'm not sure who he ran over, but he literally sent a man into the blue tent. It was okay. Eric Murray. That was their third safety. So at that point, they were yeah. down to their fourth they, and the they, fifth they were safety. down to fourth and fifth safety. And then, did you happen to see uh, LSU running back Caleb oh Jackson, who by the way is like 18? He's a freshman. Did you see him run over some poor sap on the uh, on the sideline there in the LSU? LSU, what was it? LSU Mississippi State game, and I'll then he stopped and admired how much he crushed that guy. I'll be totally honest. When I first saw that play, for some reason, I thought that was an old Leonard Fournette LSU highlight of just like yeah. you know, remember him yeah. as a oh, specimen yeah. coming yeah. out of high yeah. school and all that. I didn't realize that was like a present day 2023 clip there, dude. It was vicious, man. I watched enough of that game because I might have had LSU and some money, uh, and I was oh in the, and we were in the hospital, so I was laid back with a, <laughs> a phone and iPad in the TV Little watching gas. all the games. This is it right here, buddy. You want Little good gas. formula? This is what it's going to come it down was to. Second and eleven with a buck fifty three to play in the third quarter, and he absolutely just ran over Bulldog safety Isaac Smith. If you haven't seen it. And then he runs him over and he stops because he admires his work. He stopped and admired that he that he sent this man into orbit on national television. That's a great hit. Uh, we've got one more headline to add here. This from Chris. Again, a late entry for the five words or less headline. Thankfully, not the Bears. Oh, Ain't that no. the truth? <sighs> 
I'm sorry, Mark. I, you know, I'm, okay. I, I'm not it, saying it, I'm sorry to Mark. I'm you used know, to I'm it, not. actually. He's fine. He's okay. But isn't it kind of crazy? And I know it's not like the exact comparison to make here, but you have a Bears team that's lost 12 in a row with Justin Fields at quarterback. You have a 49ers team that's won 12 in a row with Brock Purdy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Purdy's not oh, bad, man. man. Purdy's I, I, I know, solid. but just think about. But you're right. You're not wrong. The draft position yeah. of each, oh, yeah. the hype of each, yeah. and how many games in a row has I, Fields I'm, thrown? A, uh, I'm an interception? sorry, Mark. I, I, I know there's no way for me to even say that without it just looking at a total salt I just, in the wounds I don't for get you, how but. it doesn't matter who the coach is. It doesn't matter who the offensive coordinator is. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. The Bears have the most unimaginative offense year in and year out. I see screen pl- passes. Thrown to hell. You're throwing a six yard <laughs> screen, a screen pass on the six yard line. Or to the other stick. team, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh my God. And then the defense, defense you've had back to back weeks where you've made Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield look like Patrick Mahomes. Guess who you're playing in week three? Oh, it's Patrick Mahomes and the yeah. Chiefs at Arrowhead. That should be great. That's America's game of the week, by the way. Oh. If you want to check out early, maybe go to another. So is that Apple our survivor pick of the week? All, I would take the Chiefs. All I think they're 12 and a half point favorites. I can't believe it's only 12 and a half. You get- it should be 20. Justin Fields, <laughs> I've been on board, but I'm getting scared because he's... Well, you should be scared. He is not seeing guys that are flying wide open, and he's just running right into sacks. And we need Mark and Paul the mailman to, de- to deliver mail together with it's their energy bad, right now. It's bad, and you traded away the first round pick. You got... DJ Moore, who's looking great but can't get the ball, and now you've got a you've spent a ton of money on defense. You've got Matt Eberflus, which was a terrible hire in my Ooh. opinion in the first place. He's a defensive coach, and he stinks too. So that's not great. <laughs> at least the Packers lost. Do you see? Uh, well, you at see least jo- the Cubs are winning. You see, you no, see, stick it, Kev. Did you see Jordan Love <laughs> fall into the line of scrimmage? Well, actually, I think Jordan Love is actually not bad. I think he's so pretty did Green good. Bla- did Green Bay they, they just lost. blow that game? Yeah, they were up twelve in the fourth quarter. They're twelve in the fourth quarter. Lost. The game. Bijan Robinson's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Falcons, not half bad. I feel like that's how I am with the NFL. Oh, Atlanta, not bad. That's how I feel about a lot of these teams. Oh, this team, not bad. Oh, not bad. Nick was asking uh, why I thought that Anthony Richardson said he didn't see the defender. That was from. Um, Richardson's teammates in the locker room. I think Richardson had relayed that to him. Like, didn't see him. I, I should say, didn't see him till the last second. Yeah, Downs was quoted something saying was something. it Pittman blocking downfield? It was I, I forget. Maybe I think Granson. It was, it was Granson downfield. I think yeah. you know his vision was kind of blurred, and he didn't see Stewart until the last second. And if you watch him, I mean, yes, he makes eye contact with him, but it's not like he braces himself for that hit to the level that I think he would have liked he to. Was, he was coasting a tad. I guess you know that might be something Sykin will be kind of pressed on a little bit did you talk to him about hey you can't coast even you know in, at the 10 yard line right. unless you're Deion Sanders which who we need to get into at some point I mean Deion I made it to halftime oh. I was hoping I could make it longer oh, you, than that you tapped out yeah I just yeah I mean Lil Wayne was there Master P was there so do they have Oregon this week uh Oregon is is that one of our ranked matchups I mean, we've got a million ranked matchups uh the d- 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 Colorado football no let's see here I'm just gonna have to look it up I gotta be honest. yeah I thought I, they I just, had like Oregon and USC no, coming up in it's, the next it's Oregon they have uh, at Oregon then USC uh the next two weekends back to back back to back Yep, at Oregon, and then USC, Oregon, number 10 in the country, USC, number 5. I was going to ask you guys, Prime, what's the, he's the biggest story in college football. Oh, he's the biggest story in sports. What's two? Is it, is it Bama stinking? yeah. Mm -hmm. It's Bama stinking? yeah. Okay. Am, am I missing something else? No. I mean, I mean, I'd love to say my Irish, Well, it might no. be your Irish after, uh, after this week. 
Can't Why'd wait. you go up to that game? What are tickets looking like? Cannot wait. I have I haven't been to a Notre Dame game in a uh, in a long long time. Why is that? Well, I mean, you have kids and yeah. a, a family. I'm saving up for his uh, Notre Dame basketball. <laughs> yeah. Stare at uh, yeah, I mean, stare at you... Mason, the little gas Sweeney, and, and and realize that your life is about to change. Now, now what if he's not an Irish fan? Because I gotta li- I gotta live with Ooh. this. If like, Max oh my is goodness. not a Notre Dame fan. Well, yeah, like you know, some some fathers. Can we take this offline? <laughs> Some fathers would not be happy. Kevin, like, if my, like if my son was a Cowboys fan, I think I'd be heartbroken. Like, I'm not kidding. Yeah, if Max did not choose to cheer for Notre Dame, um, we'd probably just have a family of three. A family of three, yeah. Yeah, Rosie would be an only sense. child. An only child. Well, that happens. Hope no one clips this out and plays this for Max <laughs> at some uh, point. Do you want, do you want social, to, social services. Do you want to dip into the college fund of Rosie and Max? Because tickets for... I'm looking at him right now. Ohio State, Notre Dame, good <laughs> lord. <laughs> Cheapest get-in price on the secondary market, $495. Yeah, but it's all about the experience. Is it going to be a sea of red up there? All right, Ohio State fans uh, are nuts. Uh, I, I don't know. I... Little, this is not one of their great teams, is it? I mean, I know, but this, is a, this is a game you kind of plan for uh, for a yeah, couple of years, yeah. you know. I, I mean, know. come on. I mean, with uh, with fees and everything, a five hundred dollar ticket will be six hundred. So uh, you and you know, take a buddy. You guys will have twelve, thirteen hundred dollars into a couple tickets, but you know, it's all about the experience. KB, Just don't go tailgating, Kev. Yeah. Speaking of college football, let's lead off our morning checkdown with that. The morning checkdown. Omaha. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Well, it was certainly an entertaining fourth quarter inside of Lucas Oil Stadium on Saturday afternoon as Indiana fought back in that one. The fourth and goal was a play to forget from the Hoosiers. You know, it's one thing, Andy, to run that play if you are the Ravens or if you are insert a great dominant run team here. IU had had like 28 carries for like 50-some yards up until that point. A slow-developing play right at the gut on fourth and goal gets absolutely stuffed. And I would say the disappointing aspect, like I know IU covers in that game, so some people, that's all they care about. But Andy, isn't that a game you circle on the calendar? If you're Indiana of a, this is our best non-conference opponent all year long. It's a 50-50 this game. This is Lucas Oil Stadium, yep. and all of a sudden, you come out and look like that. Like, I point more to to the start because then you got to be perfect the rest of the game. When you get down twenty one nothing, no margin for error whatsoever. That to me is much more of the disappointment. Well, I think there's two things for me. Louisville's Jamari Thrash had like what had a touchdown in 130 yards in the first quarter, whatever it was. And Thrash is by far their best player, right? And so you've now made Thrash better than he is, and you made Jake Plummer, excuse me, Jack Plummer, uh, look good. I mean, Jack Plummer's not a good quarterback. I, I would have to think. He'll probably be the worst quarterback Jeff Brown will have there at, at U of L. And like, I know there's positives with Taven Jackson, and he comes out, and you're like, okay, maybe we got something, we got our quarterback. But to me, to me, that's such an Indiana loss, right? Show some hope. There are positives. Have the game close, and then ultimately lose the game. I mean, to me, that is Indiana football. I only take negatives from that game because you should not have been down twenty-one nothing. Um, Tom Allen made some gutsy calls, and then you get to fourth, and you get to that fourth down, and you just can't do anything. You need your defense to make a stop. You can't do anything there. I mean, to me, I know you get Taven Jackson. Maybe you feel better about that, but I leave that game just frustrated that it's yet another Indiana loss. <laughs> Relentless! Uh, very ugly in West Lafayette. Again, on the defensive side of the ball. Now 0-2 at home. They give up 35 to Syracuse. Garrett Schrader, they could not stop him all night long. The quarterback for the Orange. 195 yards on the ground. Four 
touchdowns, tons of penalties for Purdue. Devin Mockaby was totally shut down. Um, that's a that's a big big hit in a negative manner. Considering you were hoping to get two of these three, I think, of the non conference to try and get to that six win. Uh, couple, couple just quickly, couple things on this. A guy on Twitter told me he was going to take me into Tiller's Tunnel to show me big boy football, and then Purdue lost to Syracuse by fifteen, which is funny. Uh, that, <laughs> Does that do that again? for anything? He said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna show you." I was while I was tweeting about Louisville, and Indiana. He's like, "No one cares." Do we have about, a Twitter name of this person? Uh, it's like uh, it was like Boiler Dad. It was something Boiler like, Dad. Yeah, you know how it is. Boiler Dad 95 or something like that. Um, you know, so that was funny. But it's like Purdue this season is the reason Tom Allen canceled the Louisville series and, and the SEC and Big Ten specifically, uh, uh, you know, do what they do in the non-con. Because Purdue had Fresno State and Purdue had Syracuse. And instead, they didn't have Indiana State and Furman. And because of it, they're not going to make a bowl game. Right? Yeah. Yeah, which is a sad reality, yeah, but I mean, no, it is it is, it is an accurate accurate depiction of where these teams are at. All right, Major League Baseball. We got two weeks left here in the regular season. Eleven or twelve games pretty much for everybody the rest of the way. And as we mentioned earlier, it has been an awful last week for the Chicago Cubs. They are now out of the current playoff picture. Now it is still extremely close. Uh the wild card picture looks like this. Phillies, first place of the wild card, up three games, so they're looking good. Arizona, after their sweep of the Cubs, they are in second up a half game. You've got the Marlins and Cubs tied for third. Miami with the tiebreaker over Chicago. A half game back of those two would be the Reds, and then the Giants are two games back. Right now, do the Reds make the playoffs? Right now. Right now. Gut feeling, guys. Do the Reds make the playoffs? No. Yeah, I'm still a no. Mark? I'm still a no. I thought somebody might say yes. How about your Cubs, Mark? Oh boy, uh, I will say a reluctant yes. Strowman's back. Hopefully, get Jameis and Tyon the hell out of there. Let's see what happens after that. I love to swipe at Tyon quickly tonight. Doubleheader in the NFL. I'm going both home teams. Okay, Saints and Panthers, Browns and Steelers. Browns favored by two on the road. Saints favored by three on the road. The over under in these games both under forty. Oof, seventeen thirteen is what Vegas thinks we're going to get tonight. Give me Panthers. Give me Browns. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Doesn't get much better on Thursday night either. You get Niners Giants. That's gonna be a bloodbath. That's going like. to be an yeah without Saquon, With Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I mean, isn't yeah. that line already double digits? I mean, that's going to be an absolute bloodbath. You're exactly right. Ooh. All right, we still oh. got our goats oh. of the week to get to positively and negatively. We'll do that. We'll take any last calls and tweets. Three one seven two three nine ten seventy. It is the wake up call of KB and Andy recapping the Colts' first win of the season right here on a beautiful Monday in Indy. All right, going to do our Goats of the Week coming up here in just a second. Uh, do we have to just say it's not going to be uh, anything Justin Fields? We'll just move on. Well, no, we'll, we can do we'll move we can on. It could be the opposite. You can do both. You can do one good, one bad. So they are on yeah. the table. There you go. Well, I, I, you know, I always write a couple down on the Goats, but I'm like, it depends on when I, what order we go in, right? Like, I, I know I can't do Justin Fields because I know Mark's going to take uh, is going to take all of that. <laughs> have you guys, uh, turn my computer on for a second if you don't mind. I just, had, did you hear the ref talked to Geno Smith yesterday. By the way, Seattle. I plus saw the headline, but yeah. did not get 
No, okay, did not, so, did not hit the so, audience. So, uh, Geno Smith had a, oh, not what do you call it? Oh, goodness. Loss of down. Oh, help me here. Turnover Somebody, on downs? No, not turnover. Intentional grounding? Intentional grounding, yes. He had an intentional grounding, and it was a bad call. And Pete Carroll was flipping out and running up and down the sideline. I think he swallowed his gum, perhaps, when he was yelling at the ref. And so the ref, you know, they pick up the mic because he's making the announcement to TV and for the building and for everybody else. Uh, and he tells Geno to chill. See if you guys can hear this. He tells Gino, I'm talking to America. Potential grounding on seven. It's a 10 yard penalty. I'm talking to America here. Excuse me. It's a 10 yard penalty and a loss of down. Second down. <laughs> I'm talking to America. That's great. He knows that YouTube TV's got the Sunday night ticket or Sunday ticket now, so he's I'm t- he's talking to America. That was that was a nice win by the Seahawks. That was on the road. Oh, the you said That's Lions kind of coming off the win of the Kansas City Chiefs. I like that. We had some. Uh, it seemed like, and again, I get so caught up in the Colts game at times. I just don't have a great grasp of what's going on around the rest of the NFL on a given Sunday. Right. It seemed like yesterday was pretty darn entertaining, though. Mm-hmm. It was a better witching hour. Then last week. We got week. two overtime games. We got a Hail Mary. But the, four, the 425 games were dogs. But when you get the Hail Mary to finish it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. How about yeah. the Giants coming back? I mean, that was wild. Uh, yeah, but no one cares. I hate to say it. No one cares about <laughs> Arizona. And no one cares. The Giants are terrible. They did mention on uh, in the 1 o'clock window that the... That's Hell, me. you got going on over there. I don't there, know Andy. what's going uh, on. The one o'clock window they mentioned on Red Zone was the first time all the 1 o'clock window games were in the Red Zone in the final minute. Every every really? game had a had a team in the end in the red zone in the final minute before halftime. I thought that was pretty interesting. That is the first time in their history. I mean, the only game that I mean, no offense, it, the Bears game was the only one that I guess wasn't really close. But the well, I <laughs> you saw what happened in the Niners Rams. <laughs> did, did you guys oh, see that, that was Sean McVay kicking the field goal late to get the cover. Yeah, yeah, eight and a half was. That was great. I guess the the ending spread. It's a ten point game. The Rams kicked the field goal. It was a meaningless field goal, and it's a seven point game instead of a ten point game. And if you had the eight and a half, depending on where you had it, you you either were very happy or you vomited. It's one or the other, really. Should we go ahead with our goats of the week? Yeah, let's go. Who is the GOAT? I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Jordan, here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! That's what I'm talking about! That's why he's the MVP! That's why he's the GOAT! The GOAT! Or GOAT. <laughs> this guy sucks. Of the week. Oh, boy, I love that for Mark Dykton there. All right, I will begin first. This is lowercase. It happened inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. It was late in the game. Indiana's trying to make a spirited comeback. It's fourth and goal. They take a timeout. You know, the 1,200 people inside of Lucas Oil Stadium on their feet. Fourth and goal. Walt Bell, the offensive coordinator of the Hoosiers, slow developing right up the gut. Absolutely stuffed. Didn't have a prayer of getting into the end zone. Your rushing performance at that point of the game was hovering around two yards per carry, and that was the play call after a timeout. They were terrible. I, I tweeted this out at one point. Like they had like an interception, and like they they came out of the timeout had three bad plays in a row, and then they did that at the very end. Uh, I would be with you on that. All right, my uh, my goat of the week, not the good goat. I'm sorry, it's it's Joe Burrow. 
It's Joe Burrow. He got all of the money. He threw for 82 yards against Cleveland. He averaged 2.6 per attempt. He comes back. They lose at home to Baltimore. Just 222 yards. Throws yet another pick. And uh, they're 0-2. And now he tweaked the calf injury. He's going to be injured. You know, we talk about Anthony Richardson injuries. Now Joe Burrow has his calf injury, which is, you know, I mean, mean, this is going to linger all season. Like, you already know it's going to be there all season. And the Bengals were supposed to be one of the best teams. And Joe Burrow gets all that money, and they're 0-2, and he don't look very good. He he looks looks bad. He looks hurt. He doesn't look good. His completion percentage is 45%. His QBR is 44. It's a mess right now in Cincinnati. And Joe Burrow, not good. Mark Dyson. My good go to the week is Puka Nakua, the fifth round pick wide receiver from the Rams. Yeah. How about no this Cooper start? Cup, no problem. This kid has balled out in his first two games. He's had 25 catches on 35 targets for 266 yards. I mean, if he's somehow available in your fantasy league, you better scoop him up on the waiver wire. He has been very, very impressive so far. Obviously, my bad is the Bears, by the way. Yeah, can we, well, yeah. we? Can just, we? It can is we, what it is. What's yeah. gone under the radar is the orange jerseys. Every time they wear the orange jerseys, they Gosh, get embarrassed. Like really? Burn them at the stake. I get like, them out of here. I love what the Patriots were rocking last night, and I'm very excited about Notre Dame. Well, I, green I, I love the Patriots jerseys. But on yeah, Saturday. Bears defense, can you get a third and long stop, please? It's third and 11 and it might as well be third and inches because every team is converting these big long third and long plays on them. Uh, Mr. Uh, Puka will be inside of Lucas Oil Stadium coming I know, up. I know. Uh, a week from Sunday when the Colts host the Rams. No Cooper Cup though. Injured reserve so he has to miss at least that one. Alright uh, in all caps for me I Maybe from a fantasy football standpoint, it doesn't really get there. I mean, he had 88 rushing yards and a touchdown, but the bar was so damn low <laughs> for competency for the Colts running back position exiting week one. I'm going to go with Zach Moss. There you go, Zach Moss. And, and love. a big reason why, and I know, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm nerding out too much with this. Zach Moss played every single offensive snap but one. I mean, he hadn't practiced. I mean, he had missed a month and a half of practice, didn't play in the preseason. This is not a guy that's been a bell cow running back at all in his NFL career. When the Colts needed somebody, anybody from a running back standpoint to step up, he delivered in a game where you lost your starting quarterback early on. Again, solid day on the ground, really solid. Over four yards per carry, had a couple catches, Every snap but one. No Deion Jackson, no Jake Funk. I'm going Zach Moss for my GOAT all caps of the week. Yeah, my GOAT all caps of the week. Uh, and this is where I was, well, maybe besides the Dallas Cowboys, as wrong as I've been, and I'll even push my biases of uh, aside here, is Deion Sanders. Really? I, I mean, it's prime. I mean, they didn't even play great, but they but they won the game. Now, Hunter's injured. And by the way, we didn't even talk about that hit. I assume you guys saw that. The head, uh, the yes, head number 11 for Colorado oh, State. Oh, yeah. That guy was jawing the entire game, and he gets the big hit on Hunter, and it was a dirty hit and everything else, and he's going to miss some time. But it's Deion Sanders. They're up to number 19 in the AP. And, I mean, if they could split one of the next two, that would be a top 10 win on his resume. Good God, if they ever won 
both of them. They'd be the number one team in the country, uh, and that would be a huge story. But I mean, prime. I mean, you had you had what the Fox Show was there, College Game Day was there, Pat the McAfee. Rock, the, the Rock was yeah, there, Lil Wayne, Mac, yeah. Lil Wayne, McAfee's hugging him. Uh, I mean, all the celebrities on the sideline, everyone tweeting out at prime, whether you like it or not. Uh, it might be coming to an end. The next couple weeks, if Oregon, you know, Oregon takes care of him, if USC takes care of him, but, but, but good God, if he, if they beat Oregon on the road on Saturday, I, I mean, how is game day not there? I mean, how do, how you not there again? What are the rules on being there? Oh, you got to go to Notre Dame, yeah. Ohio State. <laughs> No, I'm talking in two weeks. Oh, I'm for talking, the USC if, game? If they beat Oregon, I gotta, mean, gotta, USC's gotta, yeah. going to yeah, be number yeah, sure. four in the country, and Colorado's going to be number eight, number nine, right, something right. like that. I mean, it's they pri- ain't beating Oregon. It's prime right now. He's a, he's the he's a talk of college football. All yes. right, we'll do it one final time to recap here. The Wake Up Call, KB and Andy on a Monday. All right, last segment. We only have 90 seconds. We need to apologize to Derek and Matthew. Sorry, Derek. They've been sorry, hanging on for a while. Sorry, sorry, Matthew. Well, or we can give them, <laughs> if you want, you want to give them 20 seconds each, we can. Uh, I'll been... leave it up to big old mean KB. Oh, Kevin gosh. Bowen. You can't put that. I'm yeah, putting, I'm, I'm put, I'm, on my birthday. On his gonna, birthday. You're going to put that on me? What gosh. are you doing? You, you have a special dinner tonight? or? Uh... Maddie said she was going to make some fettuccine Alfredo. Hey, Is that your thing? Kevin Bowen loves. Okay, so you're loves. a fettuccine Alfredo guy. Okay, there big we go. fettuccine Alfredo guy, so... Yeah, that's really it. I mean, last week, Maddie and I did, uh, remember the back nine where, where we, yeah. we went for outing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we went out, so uh, we, we had a fun night doing that. Did and you crush some drives? Yeah, hit the... Uh, hit, did you bring your own cluster? Hit those, Take a look at this. Hit those big screens <laughs> in the back. Try to hit those horses there uh-huh. on the right. Did you bring your own clubs? Uh, I am not a bringing of my own club guy. I didn't know if you the, brought, a, uh, brought your uh, driver, your To wood. the back nine. And then... Uh, Update us. Uh, how's Mason doing? How's Nikki yeah, doing? Where, yeah, my wife. Where are we at? My wife came home uh, Saturday night. We're very happy. Uh, she is doing great, given that uh, everything she went through. Uh, you know, she did fantastic. And then uh, the baby boy Mason is doing. He's checking boxes. Uh, you know, knock on wood. Everything is is looking up and up. We keep getting positive reports, and I'll basically be you know living between home, the studio, and going to see him. So I'm going to pick up the wife. We're going to go see him, and we'll be back and forth and uh, all the nurses and doctors and everything else it's been uh, quite the experience but everything's looking pretty good i love it all shout out to the sweeney family thank you everybody for the birthday wishes everybody have a great victory monday here in indy we will talk to you tomorrow